What's going on, everybody? It is Coach Greg Adams back in here, back in here with a Friday night stream. Shout out to the Coach Gang for being here, being involved, and being active. And that's you. On this YouTube channel, and welcome to Friday night. Kicking it with y'all, Ben, Friday night, man. Anyway, man, we're making up for yesterday's show. It's a makeup show. So it's going to be a little bit more chill and relaxed. No junior college, man. Uh, but anyway, what are we doing back in here? Uh, we got, uh, I'm, I didn't do a long intro. We just kicking it. I'm actually considering next year. You know, I'm getting my plans together next year. If I'm going to be doing evening shows, what, how many days, what, you know, I'm trying to get my schedule together. If I'm going to be doing intros, you know, I do the cold intro and, um, and all of that stuff. And my show is pretty much formatted for the live participant, not so much the replay participant, although I appreciate both people. Uh, you know, when you do a live show, uh, you know, your first few minutes are wasted minutes. <laughs> as you guys know, as soon as you put your stream is going to be live, not everybody gets the notification. Not everybody attends the live stream immediately. And so when I fire up the stream, uh, there's not that it, not just me, anyone, when anyone fires their stream, their large percentage of their audience is not even there yet. So if you're interacting with your auto audience, which my show, I interact with the audience. Some people's shows, they don't interact at all. I interact. What tends to happen is the first five minutes, you're like, hey, how you doing? Um, Hi, Henry. Hi, Classy Beats. What's up? Uh, what's up? Uh, people are coming in um, as you enter the stream. And then whatever you're talking about, <laughs> uh, whatever you're talking about, the prime, the prime Mary audience that's watching you live completely misses the show. Right. They completely miss it. So if I start, you know, this is just for people who are thinking about live streaming. If you live stream and you have a subject on your live stream, and as soon as you start your live stream, if you start talking about that subject, most of your viewers are going to completely miss it or they'll have to go backwards in which you miss the interaction with the audience. Right. You miss the opportunity for people to say things on time, super chat on time. Right. You miss it. And um, so that's kind of what. You know, that's why I format my shows opposite, opposite. The primary part of the show is when the most viewers are there. And as I know, um, the first hour of the show are your least viewers. The second hour of your show is going to be your most viewers. So then you want them to interact with whatever you're talking about. So anyway, I'm actually considering am I going to do a live, uh, a cold intro? Like, you know, if you're watching the replay, five minutes of my intro is just getting people in and it's the videos and. Then you see me doing the intro. That's the first five minutes. So it kind of frustrates the replay people, but the people who are live, it's perfect. And so this is why I do it as well. Cause people, people, you know, live streams are formatted for the live audience and the replay gets the replay. And that's why they get to jump around. Live people don't. Anyway, just in case you wanted to know, the first five, I want you to pay attention to people who live stream. The first five minutes of their live stream, I know people complain about people's intros of live streams. I understand. But the first five minutes of everybody's live stream is complete waste. It's a complete waste. Nobody talks about the subject. <laughs> you know, they, as soon as they come on, they'd be like this. It'd be like this. Like this. As soon as they come on, it'd be like, hi, everybody. We're live. My name is Goofy Ass Live Streamer. And uh, yeah, uh, as you guys come in, there'll be like three people in watching. There'll be three people. There'll be three people watching. Nothing's going on. Everybody's coming in. Oh, Don Cristo. Hi. Good to see you again. Uh, who else is over here? Outcast 41. What's up? Yeah, man. What's up? 
Uh, Shadrick's here. Hey, man, what's up? Hey, what's good? Good to see you again. All right, what else? Uh, Henry Resilient, what's up, man? Good to see you again. Who else is here? Movie Lord, what's up, man? That's the first five minutes. It's a throwaway anyway. <laughs> it's a throwaway anyway. So people who complain about the intro, I'm like, no matter what live stream you go through, it's a five minutes of waste anyways because nobody's in there. Oh, what's going on? Hey, Aaron. Hey, what's up, man? What's up? Streetwear is here. Juan Pomeris, what's up? Age of Machines here. What's up? Yep. Uh, Don Cristo, Friday Night Coach Gang. Thank you for the super chat. Everybody done missed. They read the dead. So I, I that's why I do an intro because most people are going to miss it anyway. <laughs> most people don't even catch in. And by the time I start my show, there's 400 people on. By the time I pop on the screen, there's at least 400 to 500 people. And as you can see, we're in six minutes and there's 400 people here. So it's almost like clockwork. I got it down predictably. But that does frustrate the replay gang. But I replay gang, I want to let you know and ensure you that it doesn't matter who you watch. The first five minutes of any live stream is a total throwaway. You can completely miss it. Nothing happened. <laughs> Nothing happened. I don't care if there was an intro or not. With that being said, <laughs> he says most y'all niggas. Hey, most people are slow. They probably just check in probably 45 minutes in. Hey, actually, earlier this week, I did a live stream. And I did a live stream where the main event of the show was completely last. And I got down to reading the super chats. And there was a super chat that said, coach, you should talk about X, Y. I can't even remember the story. They were like, you coach, you should talk about this story. I was in the third hour and just finished that part of the story. <laughs> I was like, uh, damn, when did you show up? You must have showed up at two hours and 45 minutes because that was the main event. I did that story last. They super chatted that I should talk about that story. I was like, sheesh. Anyway, but shout out to everybody. Uh, Somebody said, where's the locals link? It's got to be in the description box. If not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know you're joking. Yeah. The locals link is right there. It says members only content. But sometimes you got to walk people through. I get it. I get it. Anyway. Shout out to the earlier contributors to today's show. Here's the subject matters that we're going to go through real quick. It ain't going to be a long Friday night. We're going to let y'all get back to your. Um, it was the yeah, it was the Disneyland jumper show that shout out to W. It was that he was like, hey, man, you should talk about Chris, Christ Chris Christensen. I was like, what? I was like, that's the thumbnail. Number one. Number two, we just finished talking about it. <laughs> that was absolutely. Yeah, that was crazy. So um, anyway, earlier contributors to today's show, dollar sign CGA live on the cash app, Venmo, Coach Greg Adams TV, PayPal, PayPal.me backslash Coach Greg Adams. Because also people do donate after the show, meaning during the weekend when they're catching up on my 5011 streams, you can also donate then as well. Super chat on the Notorious CGA channel over there. And then shout out to everybody on Rumble. Is anybody over there? People sleeping over there. <laughs> Nobody in the live chat? All right, there's 10 people watching. They quiet as a church mouse pissing on cotton right now. All right, nothing to say over there on Rumble. All right. I think I made 16 bucks over there this month. Actually, I don't have a job. Shout out to the private investigators. I didn't make any money. None. That's a donation. <laughs> By the way, I'm considering putting uh, replays. I'm considering putting stream replays. I got to think about things. Stream replays over on Rumble. Some of them, not all of them. Anyway, uh, earlier contributors to today's show. Shout out to Don Cristo in the building. Appreciate you for being here. All right. Appreciate that. Who do we got over here on 
Cash App. Oh, XL Pro Services. Okay, XL Pro Services. He ain't never late. That brother is never late. Is he a machine? There must be a bot. I'm considering that XL Pro Services is a bot at this point. He always on time. All right, good Lord. My man got the perfect attendance award. The perfect attendance award goes to certain brothers here. XO Pro Services and Leaf and Simon Small and all of those brothers. They definitely get the early attendance. And I, you know, I know I'm missing some. They definitely get the attendance award for, for 2022. <laughs> all right. Uh oh, I got a security challenge on PayPal. They want me to do a puzzle. Pick the pick the what? I can't tell what that is. Let me see here. Let's see here. Jace, Chris, shout out to you, Chris. Thank you, man. And uh, JC says, my two fine-ass female neighbors asked me to come out tonight. He says, as it, he says I was, as I was about to respond, CGA's notification popped up. It was like a sign of God, man. He says, no, man. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. You guys got to be, you got to be careful with that. You know, it's, you got to do what you got to do. But, they, you know, unless they are, Unless they're offering you a threesome, an orgy, crazy. I don't know, man. But, you know, it's your neighbor. It's your neighbor. She can get weird. She gets weird with neighbors, man. I want to hear, because there's a lot of guys that I'll say, oh, try not to do that. Try not to do that. Don't do that. Avoid that. And there's always a guy or two that's like, no, nah, man, that's perfectly fine. Don't worry about that. And I'm often saying, you're telling them, don't worry about it at all. There's nothing that can go wrong. No, no, no. I met, I, I had a girlfriend that was a neighbor. Okay, but what, how did it end? What happened? What happened? Like, tell me, how did it end? Did she go her separate way? Was there any jealousy? Was there any weirdo shit? Because there's going to be some weirdo shit. When you break up and you're going to, you're going to see dudes coming in, plowing her down. That's just number one, the jealousy factor. Crypto Keeper, he says, damn, no attendance award for the Crypto Keeper. Yeah, you get one, too. You on time, too. Or just say it went, you know, you, you as a man, you wanted to bring hoes in because, you know, let's just be honest. I know the ladies aren't here yet. You do want to keep your hoes. So, you know, you got her, you're banging her, but you got hoes on the side. You can never bring your hoes in. You know what I mean? Like, you can't just be. Unless you just got your pimp game, Mac game down tight, right? But you can't really just bring hoes in, you know? Because she going to be out watching you. She's going to know when your garage opens. She's going to know when your door opens. She's going to know when you're leaving. She's going to know when your lights are on. Yep, showing up unannounced. She's going to also know when you bring hoes over, she's going to knock on your door for a, a cup of sugar. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, uh, I just wanted a cup of sugar. Hey, what are you doing? Looking past your door, looking around. Is uh, yeah, what, what is going on here? No, nah, man. Mm -mm. One of the things I'm going to tell you, and look, some of the things I tell you, I, I've done them myself. I've done these things. I've dated neighbors. I've screwed neighbors and friends with benefits that the neighbor didn't try to take make a relationship. We broke up. We did the whole jealousy thing. I brought so many, trying to bring so many holes in front of her. She did it, vice versa. I've done the uh, dating married women. I've done the, I, I'm just telling you, as to area that I would focus, I would avoid these. I would avoid them. Not saying you can't do it, but I'm just saying I would avoid it. Because there's other places you can, and then you're going to say, well, you're a hypocrite, coach. You did it. But what I'm saying is, 
there were some collateral. There was some other shit that didn't make sense. Like, for instance, I had three female roommates. I didn't sleep with any of them. But I know men who slept with their roommates and then got into relationships and then the finances got murky and then it broke up. Then it got weird. Like, avoid it. You know, like, why? Why bring that on yourself? You know what I mean? Just just chill. Just chill. Who else is in here? Jose says the preemptive super chat here. I've been following your channel since 2018 and your insight and experience has saved me from a lot of heartaches and bad situations. There you go. Right there. He says, having been having been in uh, combat in Afghanistan, I can say that dating in the relationship scene in 2022 in many ways are worse than the situations in Afghanistan, because at least then I knew who the enemy was celebrating my 42nd birthday today with a few brewskis with friends and a 10 mile run tomorrow morning. Shout out to the catfish bottom feeders and the master splinters out there. Yours truly mimic the second man. Shout out to you. And I did give away your, your name name out there, but shout out to you. You hear this gentleman. We were just talking about this. Happy birthday to our man. Mimic the second. He's been here. Perfect attendance for him and a lot of brothers. Yeah, man, man. Shout out to you. Congratulations. He made 42, man. And he's also survived Afghanistan and more importantly, survived the dating marketplace. He says, at least you knew who the enemies were. Maryland guy, what's up, coach? After she runs through the tattooed it, tattooed it, tattooed it, bad boys, the motorcycle riders and the potheads, she then wants to settle with the nice guy. Oh, yeah. And that's you. Late 20s, early 30s. Ladies, if you're in here, we're going to ask. Does going through the bad boy phase, which all women are going to do, is this a situation that's going to harm you for good? Meaning if you had a daughter, would you tell them? I mean, this is a tough one because, listen, you can warn them all you want. Would you warn your daughter to not go through the bad boy phase? Would you tell her, listen, we all done it. Like I'm telling you young guys, look, man, I've boned my neighbor before. It was fantastic. Some great sex. You know what I mean? You just sneak downstairs and just. Go back to your crib. You know what I mean? Even if you sleep over, it ain't a big deal. You just sleep over, go back, go back upstairs. You know, I mean, it was great. And then it went left and then it wasn't great. Do you warn young women? I know you want to skeet. I know you want the bad boys to skeet down your throat. But you probably, if you want a relationship, do not do it. Do you guys, do you, do ladies, do y'all tell y'all girls that? Or do you tell them, go and have your fun, sow your royal oats? Or get your oats soiled. I, mean, I don't know what to tell you. I want to know, ladies, and this is not going to be a hellfire brimstone day. This is a chance for you to get in. I'm being nice. Jay Cool here. I'm a benevolent monarch, by the way. Yes, I am a king. Yes, I am on my Thanos, but you can approach me. Don't be scared. You can approach me. I'm not beyond reproach or approach. You can come up and talk to the king. Talk to the king of kings. What, what would you like to say, ma'am? Uh, before you get going, uh, take those socks off. I want to see that pedicure. Oh, you don't got no pedicure? All right, shout out to J. Cool here. I missed that you were doing the live stream tonight, so you have made my day. All right, appreciate you, man. Normally, I take the day off or the Friday off, Friday night. Let y'all get y'all girls and, you know, hang out with yourself and go do some things, get a hobby. Newski is in the building, free agent for life, coach, working. OT tonight. Yes, I am, man. I always I always feel guilty. Like, all right, I took a day off. I'll I'll make it up. All right, where we at here? We got uh 
We got one more. We got a lot of uh, super chats. Johnny Del Rome, what's up, coach? From the 210, San Antonio, Texas, 265. He said 265 pounds, not going to lie. Went to Austin for the Joe Rogan Comedy Show last week and was amazed at how few overweight people were there. On average, six with the cute face that uh, that that's in shape in Austin is an easy San Antonio 10. Moral of the story, I need to get my ass out of San Antonio 100%. Well, I always tell people, you know, once you travel around, you will realize that the podunk town you're in doesn't measure up. And ladies, this is an important message for you, ladies too. Ladies, get out of the podunk town. I know you think you're the hot shit in San Antonio. You know, you think you're the hot shit in San Antonio. Soon as you go to a bigger city, your ass is going to realize real fast that real fast that you're a big fish in a small pond. Jason Webb in the building. He says, just stopping by to support the show. Salute. Thank you, man, for being here again and again. Shout out to we'll say no government name because I think I, you said last time no government name. I'm not sure, but you co-sponsor today's show. I don't know what to do. We're going to call you D to the G, DCG, DCG in the building. He says, free agent lifestyle for life. Thank you, coach, supporting the show. I appreciate you, man, for life. Yeah, I know a lot of people try to trick me when I talk about cities, and they be like, coach, you, you, don't, you don't understand. You've never been here. And, of course, I've never been in the crevices of all these cities. But I get the general idea when I touch down. I don't have to be there long to realize this is a podunk town. <laughs> San Antonio's podunk. It's a podunk town. It's a nice little city, but it's podunk. It has a podunk mindset. You know what I mean? They'd be like, we're San Antonio. I mean, like San Antonio. <laughs> right. Y'all think y'all got it going on. I mean, y'all like you're, you're like 300,000, uh, 300,000, Residences away from being Amarillo. Mm. Podunk. Like the whole mentality is podunk. Getting across town is podunk. The people there, podunk. You know what I mean? Like, you're not no big city. There's only really like six or eight big cities in America anyway. The rest are podunk. <laughs> the rest are sister cities to a main city. Like St. Louis, Kansas City is kind of a sister city to St. Louis. You know, they ain't the big town. They not the big deal. St. Louis is the big city in, in Missouri. They can't, they can't, you know, unless you're a big state, there's only one. Houston has two or two. You know, California has three, you know, because we're big. New York really has just New York. Yeah, country bumpkins. I mean, y'all halfway from country. You know what I mean? San Antonio's halfway from being country. Just close enough to Austin that y'all think y'all something. You know what I mean? <laughs> Podunk. Shout out to bro. He says Kingman, Arizona is meth. Oh, my God. Yeah. I seen this hot chick on the, from the junior college. Her body was on, just like I like it. Fold that ass up like an origami. Her face had methamphetamine written right across it. Teeth and all. I was like, damn. All right, so maybe I can put a bag over her head. <laughs> maybe I can get around. Dude, she was, dude, her body was on point, but that face said meth. Her name was Methany for sure, and she was from Kingsman, Kingman, Arizona. I was like, man. By the way, 
I think most women are butterfaces. That's just me. And of course, I'm it's me talking. Ladies are like, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? I can knock out a butterface. I don't mind butterfaces too much. You know what I mean? I crystal methamphetamine, crystal methany. Most women are butterfaces at the end of the day. I can get around butterfaces. I'm, you know, I don't have to kiss on you. And even if it's dark, I can kiss on you. But at the end of the day, do not be looking all up in my grill afterwards and thinking I'm going to look you eye to eye. After my post-nut clarity hits, I can't look you in the face seriously. <laughs> but the body, if the body's on point like I need it for that, yeah, I can be there. I could go there. Okay. All right. Let's stop messing around. There's some people that need don't want their time wasted. What does Russia think of the world? What does the world think about our trade with Russia? Allegedly, there's somebody that has uh, translated a talk show in Russia, and they're laughing at us. Oh, my God. They're laughing at us. Hold up for a second. Let's give us the buzzer on this one. As you guys know, the Britney Griner thing and, um, came about. Russian media speaks on the Britney Griner being released. It says right there, why didn't they release the U.S. Marine Paul Whelan? And we're learning more and more about him in which we should. He was the, allegedly, from what I hear secondhand, he was um, dishonorably discharged. Okay, so there's more and more coming up. And then his story about how he was a spy or not sounds a little fishy. I, I'm going to say he was a spy, but he claims that he was getting a zip, a little thumbnail drive full of files about houses. And then essentially it was information that would be constitute espionage. And that's how he got in trouble. So, you know, now the squeaky image, clean image for Paul Whelan is coming apart, which it should. Everybody should be under investigation. And uh, but needless to say, he's a former Marine dishonorably discharged. And he's been over there for way longer than Brittany Griner. And even still, they think America made a bad deal. I don't think they would have thought he, they made a bad deal with Paul Whelan. But they're saying right here, according to the translation, let me put it up. His problem is that he's white, a man and heterosexual. His problem is that he's a white male heterosexual and American voters were given a choice, a hero that served his fatherland, which they're saying Paul Whelan is a hero, essentially, because even as a spy, he at least was attempting to get information. But also they chose a basketball player. And let me see if we can get it. And it's in Russian or I don't know what the language is. Sorry, I, it's, it's not in Russian. I don't know what the language is, but at the bottom they're going to give you the translation and I'm going to have to read it to you because all you're going to hear is Svetlana going crazy. Svetlana is going to drop. And by the way, she got a little titty out. Hey, uh, Svetlana is about to go ham on y'all. Listen to Svetlana. Удивила то, что обменяли Бута все-таки на Грайнер, а не на Уилна. Я, во-первых, поздравляю Бута, поздравляю всю его семью. Мы много лет были. All right, Svetlana, I'll take it from here. All right, so, um, from here, basically, she's saying, and you guys can see it at the bottom of the screen, but if you're listening on the podcast, she's talking about um, that that uh, basically we're going to get Victor Bout back, and that's a they basically, America took a raw deal. And she says, I can't even imagine what it means to his family. They're talking about Paul Whelan's family, that they exchanged not him being a heroic spy, but they got Brittany Griner, a guy, right? which Whelan is a spy, but they're saying Paul Whelan's family should be disgusted at their own country that they didn't trade Victor Bout for him. They traded it for a gay, and she's going to mention that too. She's going to say lesbianic or whatever she's going to say. Um, 
that they traded for Brittany Griner, a basketball player. So she's going over the fact that he was a spy and she's making fun of that because she's making fun of his excuse as to receiving the zip drive. So she's also talking about he was a spy. He wasn't an innocent person as he's claiming. All right. That's what Svetlana's talking about. Now she's going to get down to the nitty gritty on the politics of it and why America, in fact, made a dumb deal for their geopolitical. I, uh, what do they call it? Uh, what do they call it? Uh, gender, not gender identity. Uh, basically, um, identity politics. Let's just call it that. Identity politics. So they said he was a Marine, but he had, she says right now, he only has one, no two, no three problems. And those problems are that he's a white man. She's saying it now. Svetlana saying he's white. His second problem that he's a man, white, male, and heterosexual. And she's saying, that is not something that can be forgiven today, especially in the polity, um, sorry, identity politics in America. So she's saying America so distracted with identity politics that they were willing to make this dumbass trade. <laughs> right? That's what she makes. Oh, the humanity. And so they're laughing at us and at the way we exist with our division and our identity politics. That's what she's saying here. Now she's going to go in and on Brittany Griner here. She says it's just a catastrophe. Yes, here Griner beats him in every aspect. The fact that Griner is, is he says America voters were giving a choice. A hero who suffered while serving his fatherland, which at one point in America was considered something of a, a great thing to be able to serve and then go through something traumatic as a means of serving, even if you were caught as a spy. She says a metal-covered hero who suffered during his service a, met, a metal-covered hero who suffered during his service or, well, service to the fatherland, that's how they call it, the motherland of Russia, or a black lesbian hooked on drugs. A black lesbian hooked on drugs who suffered from a vape, with, wait, who suffered from a vape rehash or something like that. A well-known, she, she mentioned something else about the vaping thing meaning she couldn't give up vaping for 10 days. She's going to go in here. America voters are choosing the obvious. I think for us, it's one more news. The first good news is that they have bouts return. So she's going in there talking about the dumb move that we made. And she essentially said she couldn't kick a habit or an addiction to vape and marijuana or hashish. And that's who we picked. I mean, somebody says bad argument. I'm not sure who you're talking about. <laughs> Look, I'm confused. I'm thoroughly like. <laughs> I was stunned for a minute. I was. I was stunned like, oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> you had me stunned. Not sure. He says it's not a bad argument. at all. I mean, there's some people who think Brittany Griner was it was right to give her up for a mass murderer. You know what I mean? I don't want to go into it because I already did a speech on it. So I'm trying to relax on a Friday night. It was grinder or nothing. Okay. <laughs> right. So you gave up, you gave up the mass murderer for, for grinder. Like, why didn't you keep the guy? <laughs> All right. Hold up for a second. Hey, look, why didn't you keep the merchant of death then? Why didn't you just hold on to him? I don't know. I Listen, you guys are making the argument. I don't know. Why don't we you just say, well, no, F that. Or why don't we give up our ace card for Griner? I mean, why don't y'all make the deal then? If it was, if it was by if it was Griner, sorry, 
if it was grinder or nothing, I would have said nothing. <laughs> like, that's what I don't get. Because y'all trying to say, no, 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 we didn't have any choice. I don't know about that. Like, I would have just left their ass over there then. I would have been like, well, there it goes then. <laughs> right? That's what I would have done. I don't know. But y'all acting like they was like, oh, shit. All right. Merchant of death or grinder. And since you will give us nothing, I would have said no trade then. Let her ass rock. <laughs> That's what I would have said. I don't know. Y'all try to uh, see. I treat. I see what y'all tried to do. Y'all tried to wriggle out of it. Y'all tried to wriggle out of it. They, it was grinder or nothing. I would have been like, um, so, look, sometimes nothing. <laughs> sometimes nothing is the best. Sometimes doing nothing is the best. As opposed to just going ahead and say, all right, I'll take a bad deal. Anyway, did y'all see the video of Griner? She got a deep ass voice. That's a little too deep for me. But it's not that I'm surprised. I knew I've known about her for a long time. Anyway, we're not going to go too much into that. Uh, let's go into uh, a, a thick woman, as we call him over here. A thick woman. Gets demoralized by a, quote, high-value man on a dating app. Let's go to this story right here. Let's go to this story. Let me punch this up. Where are we at? Okay, right here. She says, I liked a high-value man's photo on a dating app. He rejected me because I'm fat. That's what she said. Now, if you can see her, man, this is actually not a fat woman compared to what people are talking about on the Internet. This act, this woman's actually slim thick compared to what y'all be talking about. I don't know what pe I, what is constitute fat now. By the way, she hiding a lot of rolls up in there. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. She hiding a lot of fat. She bigger than she looks. I done got caught a couple of times. <laughs> All right, but anyway, <laughs> um, let's see here. I want to read this bottom line. You see this? She's hiding it. God dang, ladies, we got to do something about these filters. What in the hell? This doesn't even look natural. What is this? We know good and damn well your face don't look like this with this Gaussian blur all over your face. This looks despicable. Why do that to yourself? But anyway, look at this angle. You can't really tell she's fat. Then when she shows up on her Tinder date, she wide, large, and in charge. But I want to read a statement that they said at the bottom. And this is a question that I might ask the audience. Maybe you can reveal this. It says right here. And we'll read it in context. It says right here, mental health specialists. Mental health specialists. <laughs> I don't know what that makes me laugh. I don't know, man. Sometimes these things with the mental health thing is, I don't know. Y'all be giving jobs to people who are basically unqualified in every goddamn thing else in life. And then you put them in charge. I mean, literally, these people couldn't even work at Kmart. And then they specialize in something like, how do you get that cert? How do you go into that? Bro? Like, I'm going to specialize in mental health. <laughs> right? All right, let me, let me stop. Uh, mental health specialists <laughs> have been sounding the alarm in recent. I know. Are there any mental health specialists in here that I offended? I know I trigger one. If you're here, let me know. Let me know if you specialize in um, the decay of society. I don't know. 
I've seen you mental health specialists, man. You'll be like, oh, you know, they always know everything. They know what drugs go together. They know what causes this, what trauma is this and this trauma. And there's trauma, trauma, trauma. Like, are you supposed to go through a mental health specialist? Are you here? Um, I got a question. I got a question. I've never seen an in shape mental health specialist. <laughs> Let me tell I, I'm going to ask y'all for real. I, I was just joking. Mental health specialist. As I'm thinking about this. What was my question? I did have a question. Oh, oh, oh. My question is this. When you say somebody's experienced trauma, you know, I'm a Gen Xer. All we did was experience trauma. So I'm assuming I'm your primary customer. But my question is, are you supposed to live a trauma less society, uh, trauma less existence? Are you not supposed to experience any trauma? I know you know the answer to this and is somewhat creative. Or does sometimes a, a traumatic experience divert people in a positive direction, meaning they know what to avoid in terms of trauma? They're like, oh, shit, I got hit on the head when I went that way. So next time I'm going to go this way. Can you <laughs> can you possibly make a, a positive change from trauma? I got a question for men who experience trauma for men who experience trauma. Um, do you, well, maybe you won't tell me this cause you might have to sit me down for about 400 sessions, but um, is men's trauma equal to women's trauma? <laughs> I don't know. In society, do we, do we tell, I mean, mental health specialists, are, are you here? I don't see where y'all at. Some have traumatic breath. Somebody says, I'm a mental health specialist. We got one in here. We're supposed to, we're supposed to not have any trauma. Is that what it is? Or do we just identify? I got a question. I got a question. <laughs> I have a lot of questions. Is there people, are there people that experience no trauma? Are, okay. Are there, are there people that experience no trauma and thus they achieve success. And then the people who achieve, who have trauma, they are all failures. I'm just wondering, anyone want to call in on this one? And I don't want to hear that alphabet soup shit. I don't want to hear, you know what I mean? Like, hey, you know, can you just get right, right to it? Like some of these questions, like I've, I listened to this mental health therapist and it was a black woman. And I was like, I know I got off subject because, but this is Friday night. Chill. This is Friday night. Um, I have to chill. <laughs> Jeff, my question is, I was listening to this black mental health therapist and she was talking about trauma. And she was talking about particularly trauma for black people. And she was saying that her father would tell her, and I want to get it right, the example she used. And I was listening to it. I do the news in the morning. I do it on the news. And then she she popped up. They sneaked this one in. And she was saying something like, and I can't remember, but she was saying that um, I can't even remember the example. 
but her father would say something to her. Let me just say, like, you better clean your plate. You better clean your plate or people will starve in Africa. Let me just give you that example, because many of us have heard something sort of like that. Now, this woman who is a mental health professional with a Ph.D. was sent essentially saying this is traumatic for black kids. This type of example. I wish I remember the original one. That example is a as a is a point of trauma in which then you look at food differently for different races. Black people look at food. I was like, I was sitting there like. <laughs> and they were like, because black people and I wish I could remember the real example, but it was something like that. It was I can't remember what it was, but but the father, her father, she had heard that her whole life and thus was traumatized. She was trauma. And and she was like, and this part of trauma is pretty common in the community. Man, I was like, bruh. Now, my question is, my question is, is there a trauma Olympics? Meaning if I had 20 traumas, like I can have, I got traumas. We all do. But if I have 20 and you have 30, do you trump me out in trauma? Or, or these are legitimate questions. If I have 20 traumas and you have 30, does the person with 30 get to say I've been more traumatized than you? Because we all have them. I mean, I had to, I grew up in the gang culture in Los Angeles from fifth grade to ninth grade. All right. I grew up in that. Are you cripping blood, picking out outfits? I can't buy that. That's trauma. And that extends into my adult life. But, but what if you're younger with trauma versus an older person with trauma? Who gets the, who gets the nod in the trauma Olympics? <laughs> I got a question. Is, is first world trauma different than third world trauma? Is first world trauma different than third world trauma? Like trauma of people that have to survive and go through trauma chasing down a puma because they're hungry versus people who have food uh, insecurity in a first world country. Is that, which one's worse? Because, mm. <laughs> yeah. you know, food insecurity in the first world could be something else. And we all grew up with that. We all grew up with food insecurity, if you black. But what about people in a third world country who, that's not food insecurity. That's like, okay, you better get up and go hunt. Like early bird catches the worm. If you don't work, you don't eat. You know what I mean? Like, they be like, you know what I mean? The people in the village were like, you're traumatized. I'm sorry. What? Get your monkey ass up. <laughs> I'm asking just as an American concerned American for this mental health specialist industry that always got something to say. But they don't want me to ask no questions to them. And then when they do, they get the ah, da, 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 da. they get to going into their books. Because some of this shit ain't making sense. We got the wussification of our society. We got some people that don't, they are lazy as F and they're medicated. And if they're not medicated, they're telling me about their trauma as if I give a F. Like, I don't give a F about your trauma. I got trauma too. 
perhaps you can sit down. I got to work. Like, I don't have time for this kumbaya bullshit. What do I do in the meantime? Like, you know what I mean? Maybe don't traumatize my kids, but I don't know. That's too late. I don't have, to, like, what are we doing here? <laughs> By the way, we're talking about this overweight chick, which overweight on her own choice. Did you guys know that America, essentially, a lot of people are about to go bankrupt. They about to lose their ass out here. I saw this on Instagram, but I see this all over the place, and I predicted this as well. Uh, let me see here. Oh, I didn't, I didn't save it. But anyway, because people are lazy asses. I just think, really, he says, now you're victim blaming <laughs> mental health specialists. I really want to bring, and Mr. we have one in our manosphere called um, the kosher clinician. And I'm not shitting on, I listen, I've shit on teachers and police officers and coaches. And I I can go in on any profession and break it down, personal trainers. So don't be offended, Miss Law. Mental health professionals will be offended. All right. But I think these people, and I've seen some, just the examples that I've seen, these human beings, I, I wouldn't take any advice from. Just, just as a point of reference, the ones that I've seen, I would take zero life advice from. Other than the fact that you're going to talk to me about your degreed knowledge. This is just going to be not all, just the ones that I've seen. Just the ones that I've seen. This doesn't represent all of them. But if you were outside of the your office, <laughs> if you were outside of your office and I saw you on the bus stop, and me and you bumped into each other, and I didn't know you were a mental health professional, and you were giving me life advice, I would laugh at you. <laughs> I'm just saying as a point of reference. <laughs> I'd look your ass up and down like this here. I give you the up and down look like, like just the ones that I've seen. I would be like, I'm sorry, what? Now, in the context that I'm in your office and you show me your degree from California, University of California, Berserkly, and you say you have these certifications, then I would be like, I suppose I'm supposed to listen to you, but my insides are fighting. My skin is crawling because I'm looking at you and I'm looking at me looking at you and you looking at me looking at you and I'm looking at me looking at you. I would be looking at you going, why am I listening to you? Other than the fact that you have a degree from Berserkly University and a certificate. That's my problem. Like, literally, that's my problem. I'm like, the only reason I'm listening to this person is because somebody said they passed the test. <laughs> All right, let me stop. I'm like, man, other than that, I would be looking at you like, who are who? Are, I'll be looking at you like this. Wait a minute. Who are you? Now, this is not all. I'm just using this as an example. So why else would I listen to you? Because I'm going to throw up. Listen, I don't care who you are other than if you're a doctor trying to save my life or giving me anesthesia. Your degree is useless to me otherwise. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're an accountant. If you look goofy, I, I don't care what your degree says. Okay, if I don't trust you, I don't care what your degree says. But what? why else should I listen to you? You better have a good damn reason why I'm going to listen to you other than your certification. Because I have mad certifications. And I some of the certifications I have, I wouldn't listen to me. 
right? I got a CDL certification. Doesn't mean I can teach nobody a damn thing. And I don't remember shit that was on the test because all I did was remember it to pass the test. But I can't tell you nothing about nothing. So anyway, mental health therapist, John says, unsubscribe. I don't ask if I give a damn. All right. I don't give a damn. I don't know if you were talking to me, but yeah. He obviously got triggered. He got triggered by my spill on mental health professionals. But if you got to go, you got to go. I wasn't holding you here in the first place. But if you got to go, you got to go. Oh, he was joking. All right. Anyway, those are my questions on mental health professionals. I just, I don't see much because I see it as a victim's Olympics. Because what you do are you're looking for trauma. You're looking for the shit, and obviously you're going to find it. Tell me about all the bad experiences you had when you were a kid. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait. He was joking. Tell me, hey, as a kid, if somebody set you down and said, tell me about all the times you got traumatized as a kid. Oh, my Lord. Jesus. Damn. All right. The time I was in the bathroom and they took my lunch money. All right. The time that there was a gang warfare and they do, I saw a dude get beat up. The time that I came with those socks, my socks was drowning and they bagged on me for about the whole day. I was poor. Struggling, I had a single mother. Like, where do it in, bro? That could be anybody. Anybody could. Like, what else? <laughs> what are we doing? It's it's weird because then anybody has crazy trauma. Now, how do we measure that? What do you do? We want to unpack it. It's time to unpack it now, so it makes sense in your head. Oh, how's that gonna help me tomorrow? Is it going to help me? These are all questions I have. I don't know. These are all questions I have. They got all kind of shit. I'd be like, tell me about your trauma and why your belly doubled over, why your belly doubled over your belt like that. That's what I want to know. Do you have a personal trainer? That's what I want to know. Hey, look, if you're not in fitness shape, I, this is just a, listen, <laughs> If you're not in fitness shape, it's going to be very hard for me to take any advice for you from you. I can't take much like you're going to have to be able to look like. You can hop a fence, at least hop a fence. You don't have to look like you can, you know, can take steroids. You don't have to be an Olympian, but in an emergency, you must be able to crawl over a five foot fence. Maybe, OK, three feet, three feet. And yes, this matters. Don't tell me it doesn't matter. Like in an emergency, if somebody start bucking and we're at your kid's soccer game and the, the gate is enclosed, you got to be able to at least crawl over the fence without getting hooked on it, without falling, without breaking your forearm, flipping over the top. And I'm not just talking about getting over the fence. I mean fast over the fence, like hopping the mug. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I evaluate people. I'd be like, because look, your fitness level will determine your mental health level. That's just me talking. I'm not an academic. But your fitness level is going to tell me your survival level and instincts in life. If you just completely out of shape, how the hell am I supposed to listen to you about anything? Anything. 
It tells me your discipline in life. It tells me how clean your place is. It tells me your priorities. But if you uh, you just broke, busted, and disgususted, and old ball broke out of shape, and you supposed I'm supposed to listen to you. So listen, mental health therapist, if you want to help CGA, come on and be in shape. You got to be in shape. That's number one. I asked my number one criteria: physical. Your physical ability has to be good. I ain't listening to shit you got to say. You might as well. You can be the smartest person on earth, but if you can't physically hop a three foot fence without breaking something. Yeah. I can't listen to you. That's just the thing. All right, anyway. And especially if you want to get in my show to tell me about the 50,011 traumas that people experience, you better be in shape when you get up here. Because if you out of shape, you're discredited from already. Mm. You're looking like an egg with legs. You, I've discredited you. There's nothing I'm going to listen to. I'm going to just be sitting there like... Mm. <laughs> all right anyway yeah they got booty do this is just me by the way so just so you know you have a high criteria to live up to your book knowledge don't mean shit to me book lot book knowledge doesn't mean anything back to this thick woman this is what i wanted to point out it says right here mental health specialists have been sounding the alarm in recent years about the concerning global rise in the incel culture and online abuse of women Interesting. I wanted to bring that up. So the mental health people are saying there's a global rise in incel culture and abuse of women online. I don't know why they mentioned that, because when you hear the story, it doesn't sound like that's what's happening. But she says, or they say incels are defined by the Anti-Defamation League as an extremist group of, quote, heterosexual men. They had to distinguish between homo and heterosexual men. So they're heterosexual men who blame women in society for their lack of romantic success. I find that interesting. I find that interesting, but this is what these people do. These people sit around coming up with shit. Now, I got a question. You're teaching me today. They said heterosexual men who blame women in society for the lack of romantic success, for their lack of romantic success. Now, what is it when, an anti-defamation league, you can chime in here, American Psychological Association, feel free to chime in. What is it when a woman, <laughs> what is it when a woman blames men or society for their lack of romantic success? I'll wait. Because don't tell me this doesn't exist. We've heard about the men addicted to video games. We heard about economically attractive men. We heard about the term incels, the reason why you can't get married. Men are going to be lonely, hurt, and desperate in the future. What is it when a woman blames men or lack of available men, emotionally available men? We've heard it all. Why men don't get married? Why, because they're, why, uh, why, men, why men don't want to get married? Because they're scared of commitment. We've heard it. What is it when a woman, what's the term? Anti-defamation league. Oh, it's called a fem cell. Oh, it's just our fault. I see. It is all Jermaine's fault. It's always Jermaine's fault. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, but I find that interesting because even this article doesn't even fr they frame this guy as an incel. So let's get to it. Let me see if I can get to it. All right. So here's the woman here. Here's here's the woman. 
in California, this is a three. <laughs> Just so you know, we always got to use a major city to classify and designate. This woman is a three on the scale of beauty and quality. She got nothing to offer but access to something on a cold, warm night. All she got is a warm embrace. You see what you're seeing here. But let's go to it. A plus size mom claimed she was harassed last month by a man on a dating app with a self-proclaimed above average looks and high values. These are all things that he attributed. Quote, she says it was so ridiculous that it was comical. Her name is Krista Brown told Kennedy News. And this article is from here, December 8th. So this was yesterday. Brown 36 says she downloaded the Christian dating app, Plenty of Fish. Wait, I didn't know Plenty of Fish was a Christian dating app. This article is already confusing the hell of me. I didn't realize that. It's plenty of funky fish. It's plenty of whale. Is that a dating? That's a dating app. I didn't. That's a Christian dating app. I didn't know that. She downloaded it in November after being single for three years. Nope. A single mom single for three years. That's a damn lie. What? Single. She was unprepared for the cringeworthy communication she said she received from a match who turned out to be a mismatch. The Minnesota budget. Support specialists. They make up any damn title. Secretary. Budget support specialist. The Minnesota secretary recalled thinking the cyberspace Casanova was kind of cute despite his pathetic mustache. She claimed she swiped right, but it didn't wait, but didn't message her. So she said she swiped. He says, were you, was I that mismatch? I don't know, man. Uh, she swiped right, but didn't message him. She said the unidentified man reached out to her in a big way. He sent me a whole huge long paragraph asking me why I thought I'm worthy of dating him and what I brought to the equation. He had a very condescending tone. He was so absolutely ridiculous, she lamented. Now, something's left out here. It doesn't make sense as they, as they, if they matched why he didn't send a long paragraph as his initial response. So right up front, this is a lying person. She's lying and she's lying by omission because no guy matches with a person and then sends a long diatribe as to why you don't qualify. So I, this is already a person who's lying and she's, she's trained. She's a trained liar. Okay. She, she might not have initiated the conversation he initiated, and she probably said some shit like, I am the table, and that led him to try to put her in her place. So let's just put that in perspective. All right, but anyway, she capping hard, and she says, at first I was offended, but as I read through it, the more ridiculous it got, and I just started shaking my head and laughing. I couldn't even believe that there are people out there who actually think like this. Okay, she's a normie. Brown shared the message with Kennedy News and said, she said, Prince not so charming since. So, of course, she runs right Guys, she she runs right to the court of public opinion. And now she's on a media news story playing the role that she's a victim because. I tell you, man, keep your communications with women really brief. I don't know why people do this says right here. The man appeared to brag about his home renovations and his above average appearance. No guy's going to send that message first. She actually probably triggered him by saying she needed to be taken out on a date. And he was like, what? All right. Insisting Brown should have uh, disqualified herself from matching with him for a multitude of reasons, including being big, chubby and fat. Brown says she's a size 18. Look, 
It don't make sense that he would send this if he matched her. If he matched her, he obviously wants to bet her down and split her guts, right? But why would he match with her? Why would he match with her and then send this? It doesn't make sense, all right? And she's saying, yes, I'm shallow. No guys don't care about what women have accomplished in life. So he's uh, he's using some talking points here. No, men don't want a strong, independent, or opinionated woman. Men want to feel needed. I mean, <laughs> he says they want looks, youth, and inexperience. The disparaging Don Juan allegedly wrote. So this guy might, we'll have to give him an L, the fact that he was starving and he matched with her. Yeah, that brother's starving. All right, so he he basically matched with her and now he's trying to uh, undress her. And I don't think that's a good thing right here. He seemed to rationalize that he might have considered dating Brown if she was at least a virgin, but assume she is not because she has two kids. Yeah, this dude's wasting his time. I know this seems to be like a mean message, but it's not. It's just reality and seems mean because people are so detached from that thing, that thing called reality. So he's spitting some red pill shit. And um, I don't know why you would waste your time on this. I always tell guys, if you are in this mindset, why are you on dating apps arguing with women, frustrating yourself? But um, he is making himself look bad as this is indeed his quotes. He also says, sorry, why do women have such high standards for men? This dude. This dude. <laughs> um, somebody said it sounds fake. It says Brown allegedly put the ruthless Romeo in his place, lies, explaining that if he's intimidated by a strong independent woman. I mean, this is elementary. This is elementary normal conversation here. Both of these people are in normie land. He has some issues to work out on his own. So she's threatening him that he needs to get therapy, which is a um which is all always a um projection quote i'm all for honesty but there seems but there's sometimes or there's something sorry i'm all for honesty but there's something called tact and respect that it sounds like you're severely lacking i'm not the girl for you her response read but she seemed to have a lot of time with for him instead of just leaving the uncomfortable situation alone the blokish bachelor allegedly continued to insult brown by calling her selfish for assuming that he wanted to date a woman with children whom he referred to as baggage. All right, so a lot of these things that you're hearing here are things that we discuss over here. But if he indeed shared this message with her, he's doing something that we don't encourage is to have these conversations with women, right? Like you're only, I don't know why you would do this, but I do know men do this. Like do people are doing these conversations about going back and forth via text messages, saying things like we don't want no strong and independent woman and we want submission. Why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? All right. You're actually wasting your breath and your time. You could be doing something, using this energy for something else. And then she says, Brown said that she had to block the, the playboy, not wanting to hear any more of the hatred. Brown reveals that she's struggling with mental health. Well, there it is. Brown reveals that she's struggling with her mental health. <laughs> so, guys, this is what you're getting on dating apps. Look at this shit. Look at the damn shit. I tell you, you're wasting your time. Not only is she not attractive, not only is she an easy lay. She's a layup, and I don't want to hear much of your mouth. She's delusional, and um, she's 
she believes she has higher value than than she believes, right? But she also is struggling with her mental health, which means she's a no-go zone. She's in the no-go zone. So she not only she's not attractive, she's she's um she's sick in the head. If you and mental health therapists chime in, if you tell me, this is just gonna be what I'm gonna say. If you tell me you're struggling with mental health, then I'm gonna say you're sick. You're not healthy. By definition, that's basically what I'm going to define that as. Hence, you are undateable. Hence, the last thing you should be doing is get into a relationship. Hence, the last thing you should be doing is having custody of your kids. Oh, yes, I went there. Looking like Gargamel. So this is a mother, probably broke, on a dating app, and she also has children, and she's mentally sick. But we excuse these people in society. Look, you're the ones out here doing the mental health thing. She's struggling with her mental health, meaning she ain't not stable, but she's a parent. Where the daddy of the kids at? Somebody said, take her off my screen looking like Gargamel. I don't get it. What, what are we doing as a society that we would allow a person to admit openly that they struggle with mental health, but you put kids with them? She says, but, I, but she's also at a good place in her life. Obviously not. Like, if you're saying normalizing struggling with mental stability is a good place in life, what are we talking about? She warned that hateful messages like these should provide Kennedy news. She provided to Kennedy news could have been devastating for some women. A reality pill. But dating apps are a, a cesspool anyway. So I actually avoid dating apps just in... I might keep one open as curiosity, but it's pointless for me to even have conversations with these people because I know it's not these people aren't in good places in life. All right. And she says right here, something like this could be so damaging if someone actually took his words to heart. He gave her a proper evaluation. All right. And she didn't like it. If you're trying to get a woman being rude and condescending isn't a way to go about it. We're going to talk about that later. As we're going to talk about why do women choose the bad boys. All right, let me get to some super chats. The chaos that we have in this world. Uh, people want to know why the dating marketplace is where it is. People are mentally sick. Big, dirty, and men hey, mental health professionals. Are you still here? Did I run you off? Mental health for professionals. Specialists. Wait, specialist. Hold on. This is your theme music. Hey, mental health specialist, I got a question. And you better answer this one. Do you encourage people who are receiving treatment for mental health to date and be on dating apps? Do you encourage people who are sick? Definition, do you encourage them to date and be on dating apps? That got to be, I would love the answer to that. Do you think that's healthy? I mean, do you do you think that that's a solution that they should be doing? <laughs> or do you encourage them while you're in treatment? Do you say to them, perhaps no dating right now, perhaps no dating apps, perhaps stay off, perhaps you'll be triggered. They're not going they're not going to they're not going to answer that shit because I would say and I'm not even in a I don't have a degree from Cal Berserkly. That's an easy one. That's a slam dunk. I would tell them they shouldn't be on a dating app at all, much less dating. If you got all of these 
traumas and all of these categorized you got SNL. If you got all of that, you should not be on a dating app. You shouldn't even be in the dating marketplace. You should pull back. I don't even need a degree. I can go to your I can go to your institutions right now and I can give a sermon to everybody in your mental health program to refer your clients to not load up a dating app. You're undateable until you get unsick. Anyway, he said they're bipolar bipolar. All right. Um Big Dirty SSA coach, did you see the AB in a standoff with police? Maybe you can talk about the V Burvick hit V Cinco. Props to the coach gang from Oz, coach gang for life. I don't know. I don't even know what that next part was. For, for, for life, for life. Anybody know what that means? Was this today? I know he was in one last week. Did he do one today? Shout out to Don Cristo. Marcus on Boomerang is a perfect example of why you don't date your neighbors. Right? Don't mess with your neighbors, guys. All right, Tim. Timothy Garnett, you cannot trust convenience in a bad economy. You cannot. You cannot trust it. In a bad economy, there's nothing really that convenient. Yes. Shout out to Rational Rationality. Saw three or four buying dino chicken niggas at the store. All right, uh, Lee, okay, rumors are that Joe Biden decided to read the, quote, art of the deal by Donald Trump after the horrible prisoner swap. Yes. All right, that would be a good idea. Bad deal, but he'd done it for votes. Don Crystal, Joe Biden told the junior college no real relationships before 30. Oh, he did. I saw that video. We played that one. Yes, indeed. If she wasn't junior college either. She was elementary school or middle school. Brown 310, shout out to you. Thanks for being here. ETC ready to work, coach. I can't take you, man. He says, I don't know if you truly realize, if you truly realize how truly funny you are, dude. I don't know. I didn't realize it. He says, I know I can't hop that fence, but I will one day, Jesus. Yeah, look, if, if you're not a professional, you don't have to hop the fence. But I'm not taking no life advice from nobody that can't survive more than two days. Without their phone, television, gossip, and uh, survive in the wild like at least two days <laughs> without having a mental breakdown. But I love those people. They be loving. They love to talk about medication and taking this and mixing that. And I got bipolar depression disorder, and I got histrionic. What the hell? What? <laughs> Like, how, if you sit around talking about that, you're going to catch him. You're going to catch a disease. I got, all right, here we go. Dr. Thunder says, but that meth diet, though, he says, does a body good. There you go. For real. Yes, indeed. I know I'm I'm shitting on uh, mental health professionals, but just so you know, I've done real estate uh, agents, teachers, personal trainers. Don't take it as offensive that I've ripped your profession, quote unquote, up and down. But there's something wrong. You're not beyond. You're not beyond getting ripped up by me. You can rip me up and down too, but you're not beyond getting ripped up by me. When I see a damn weakness, and the weakness is y'all letting the damn uh, inmates run the asylum in your program, like you setting them up for failure, in my opinion. But listen, you know, we haven't unpacked all the information that they processed. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you, you like. You let them come in. Have you ever seen the movie What About Bob? Have you ever seen the movie What About Bob? That's what I think of mental health professionals. Like, 
most of the time you're creating the monster. Not all the time, though. Not all the time. There's some people that do need you. But as a result, because some people need you, it's kind of, it's kind of like teachers. This is a Friday night stream. Don't tell me to get to the point. It's like teachers. See, teachers believe that they should make more money. But the problem teachers have, and why is my shirt all crooked? The problem teachers have is that they don't have a full-time job. Not only that, not only that, they work essentially part-time. Now, you're going to tell me, but they're at school for these hours and they have to correct papers when they're at home and all of this shit. What, what they've done with teachers is that they gave them busy work to make them important to fulfill certain hours. Like they literally made their job full time. They made. <laughs> he says, you don't know CGF. You said that. No, 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 no. Listen, I, again, you don't understand. No, no, no. I was going to be a teacher. I actually passed the teacher certification. I actually was a long-term substitute teacher. I actually been on campuses. I actually was a member of the PTA. Let me tell you what happens. What teachers do is they create work for themselves to work full-time. They could get the job done in 25 to 30 hours. They could get it done. And there's an effective and efficient way to teach. What teachers do is they be sitting there going to teacher, you know what I mean? They'll have a teacher's conference. Uh, they'll have teacher in-service days. They'll go through uh, planning unit planning and they'll get together together with their four English teachers and the four English teachers will unit plan in between the, they they create work they hand out homework they hand out diddles and worksheets and shit then they complain that they can't have enough time to go home they got to go home and create uh, correct all the papers they create more work than is necessary if you look at how other countries teach, they don't need to have that amount of work. Like you creating work. You can get the teaching day, the, the teacher day done. But here's another reason why they also do it. Yeah, the unions do this. They have to extend the, the teaching hours because parents are at work. This is all documented stuff. Because what they could do is let everybody else's out. Come in there. You teach the kids for four hours. That's about the attention span of kids and then let they ask go home. But you can't do that. There's a problem. You can't let go, kids go home every day at 1230 because the, the parents are at work. The kids are going to be by themselves. So, yeah, extend this fucking day out. They got to extend the day out, extend the work hours. And the teacher's essentially babysitting. If you go to a school where they teach 180 days, I think it's 180, 180 days. They teach 180 contracted days. Out of 365, 180 days is their most teacher's contract. I, hold on. What is the, I, I believe it's 180. 180 out of 365 is a full-time job. Mm. <laughs> 180 out of one, uh, 365 is a full-time job? Yeah, well, it's babysitting. So it's essentially what happens is, and if you go to any school, you go to any school, most of the shit that they doing be busy work at best. <laughs> busy work at best and number two. Busy work at best and number two. 
it's um what was i saying they be talking about politics and rainbows and blm they they don't spend their whole day teaching they don't spend the whole day teaching so they extended this shit out for bus schedules and like the reason why the day is long because the bus schedule's picking up the high school kids to the basketball game. They can't get over to the elementary school until 3:20. Parents ain't home until four after day school. It would create a conflict if they shortened the teaching day, which they essentially could based on the busy work that they give. Now, this is uh, the reason I bring that up. The reason I bring that up, even college professors, college professors teach four classes a semester maybe five they teach four to five classes a semester now these classes are an hour to an hour and a half and some of these classes is on monday wednesday friday some tuesday thursday every now and then they'll have a class which is three hour long on one tuesday four classes a semester what the hell are you doing the rest of the day? You should be researching, right? They, they pay them to research. They pay them to do projects and write articles and write. That's what they should be doing, office hours. That shit sound like busy work to me. Mm. <laughs> he says they won't even answer your emails. Yeah, I got it. They're doing research for the university. Most of them, not the state, not the state schools. Not. The state schools are. Like Cal State Northridge and Cal State Fullerton and Cal State Long Beach ain't doing no. Re that's not a research school. What are they researching? <laughs> right. Some of them are doing. Look, I'm just using this as a, we're just slant. You know, we're just evenly slandering. But I say this to say, I say this to say, and trust me, I know. You can't fool me. I know a lot of people be like, style, you don't understand. You don't know. No, y'all be creating busy work for yourself. You'll be creating busy work. Most of your day is spent babysitting kids. Unless you work at some sort of excelling suburban or private school. You're mostly busy working. I'm sorry. You're mostly babysitting. Now, the reason why I say that is equivalently mental health professionals are kind of doing the same thing in which they know some knowledge. They have people that need help. But as a means to make your job full time. as a, Yeah, they create an OnlyFans. As a means to make your job full time, what do you need? More clients. Or you're only going to be helping a day, a client or two per day. That doesn't make sense economically. That wouldn't make sense if you're only going to be able to reach one or two. So now you got to make clients out of people who probably don't need to be clients by essentially saying, well, there's trauma everywhere. Everybody's experienced trauma and come to these guys so you can unpack it. Thus, you need. You need to extend. You need more customers. So now everybody's a potential target. Everybody's a potential. You need help. You need help. You need help. Now, fitness industry is essentially that, right? There's a lot of fat people. So as a fitness professional or you're a doctor that uh, uh, is, um, uh, specializes in overweight people it's pretty simple you can just point out there and say there's a lot of people that need help and you can create a full-time job out of it because it's obvious but the other thing what i'm saying is i think what's happening is they're creating more problems than 
They're creating more problems than necessary by saying everybody got problems. And then they end up misdiagnosing. They end up just wasting people's time. They end up just, you know, many of them, not all. They they end up abusing the insurance corporations. Like I surely would have done as well if I was a fitness trainer and I had access to health benefits, I would have been rich. But fitness professionals cannot tap into people's health benefits and their work benefits to get money, right? But I certainly would have. I would have committed, possibly committed some significant insurance fraud as a fitness professional (laughs) if I was able to go in and say these people need help and use your benefits to get five free sessions that I'm going to build back over here, or I can build it by saying, once you come in for your five free, you need 50, 11 more. Yeah. You need to work through your bipolar. And then I got to, I'm going to pin something on you and say, we need to work on it. I'm just saying that this allegedly, this allegedly is something that a person with an evil mind will do to make themselves a professional. Like teachers have to extend that shit out. And say, I'm full-time, we deserve to get paid more. But you work a part-time schedule. Your schedule is literally part-time. It would be classified under all constitutions of employment to be part-time. Other than the fact that you're going to go to a teacher convention, you're going to go to a retreat, you're going to have in-service days, you're going to have all this shit, right? But contractually, it's only 180 out of 365. And you get mostly summers off. You get from June, July, August, This is just something that people should be able to have an open conversation about without getting triggered. <laughs> without getting triggered. Not only that, you're you're there at 7.30, you're home by 3.30. That's an eight-hour day. But you'd have to take out lunch because all teachers go to lunch. And many teachers have a prep period. Trust me, I know. Many people have a prep pe- period, meaning you don't teach five classes in a row. Even if you're, I'm sorry, you don't teach six or seven classes in a row. You have an hour prep period, which you get paid for. You also have lunch. So 7.30 to 3.30, I think that's six hours Mm. or seven. Hmm. And then you get the whole summer off. And then eventually you're going to say, well, I don't get paid enough. So I got to do a second job or I have to do OnlyFans or I have to get a sugar daddy. Well, because you got a part-time job. But if you co- but somebody says not if you're coaching. Again, that's where they get you. That's where they stick you. So now you got more busy work coaching. But let me tell you about coaching. Coaching, you get paid 10, 10 cents an hour. Probably less than that. You pay them to coach the basketball team. Believe me, I've coached, I've been a varsity head coach of three high schools. I paid to coach. I paid the coach. I did not. I got a. I got a check and I got a tax stipend, but the hours I put in versus the hours the the check that I got, I paid. I paid. All right. Um, just to give you an example here, I know we're off subject, but this is Friday night. Somebody said ten cents. Um, what 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 happens is, uh, most high schools will give you a stipend. They don't pay you. They don't give you a paycheck. They give you a stipend. So that stipend gets paid at the end of the season. But essentially, uh, the season for basketball lasts from November to February. 
But for sure, in September and October and August, if your school starts in August, you're at the basketball class. If you're not a teacher, you're not getting paid for this class. So you're there to get your team ready, recruit, do film, do extra individual workouts, develop your players. You're not getting paid for that. You don't get paid for that. But as a competitor, you better do it or you're going to take L's. You're going to get thumped. So you're there being with the kids, meeting with them. You're doing fall leagues. You're doing extra workouts within the rules. But you don't get paid for that. And then you get paid for the season. But you're at the school during the season. You're at the school for five to six hours a day, maybe. So you, you're there at 1.30. You're there with the basketball class. Then you get on the bus to go to the game. You go to the game, watch the freshmen, the JV, and the varsity play. You get back on the bus. That's seven, eight hours a day. That's on game day. And then on practice day, if you're the head coach, you're there with the freshmen, the, soft, the sophomore team, the juniors, and the seniors, making sure they get in and out for their practice, they gym time, making sure the floor gets swept, doing a scoreboard running a little concession stands, organizing the damn fundraisers and the uh, booster club. Doing the barbecue, holding the weekend car wash, distributing jerseys on Saturday. You there all day hours. And at the end of it, you get $2,500 before taxes. $2,500. You making sure the lights are on, you mowing the lawn if you the damn football coach. You making sure there's no divots in the grass. You there for hours. You would be working eight out. And then game days, you watching video. You reporting stats to the newspaper. Somebody says coach teaches uh, and coaches 12 hours a day. That's what I do today. Yeah. And at the end of it, they, yeah, you do some people doing laundry. You making sure the gym lights work. You, you, you're making sure shit is in order. You're doing Hours of work, and they give you $2,500 at the end of the season. $2,500, and they tax it. It's a 1099 most of the time. It's going to be taxed. Then I'm telling you, you're getting, you're getting robbed. They're robbing you. Now, if you're a teacher and a coach, you just work from 7.30 to 3 for your teaching job, and then the rest of the day, you're the coach. So you go to practice from three to six, three to eight, six to eight, whatever the hell your practice hours are. You're there an hour before practice, hour after practice, or half an hour, let's just say. So you practice from six to eight. You're there at 530 to 830. That's three hours. In addition to your teaching hours, you're getting robbed, bro. <laughs> you're getting robbed. I literally stopped doing out. That's what I wanted to be in life. I was like, oh, hell no. Oh, no, 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 no. They ain't robbing my ass. I got robbed a couple times. I was like, I ain't never doing that shit again. And you, somebody said school uh, school coaches just avoiding their families. Yep. And you don't have time between your work day and your next practice. Or let's just say you do the game thing, right? You do the, um, you play your, you go to, you, you teach your classes. You have your prep period and your lunch. Then you have an away game. The bus comes at two o'clock. Your kids get out of school. Their classes early. You're there loading up basketballs and Gatorade and all that shit gets loaded on the bus. You drive cross country, cross town to your cross town rival. You get there for the freshman and the sophomore game and the junior varsity game and the soft and the varsity game. That's the first game tips off at three. Your varsity game tips off six thirty or seven. It don't get done for, for until nine or ten. You work from seven a.m. to ten p.m. And you made peanuts. Mm. 
<laughs> All to make an extra. You made peanuts. By the time you calculate how much you made per hour, you made, and the only reason you're doing it is because you have a competitive instinct. You're doing it because you, you want to help kids and you want to win. But you out there struggling, bro. You're going to struggle doing that shit. You volunteering, yeah. But many coaches do it to make the extra money. But even when you break down the extra money, you work for four months and got $2,500. Divide that shit up. All right? You work for four months and got 25 extra $100. What is that shit per month? What is that per month? And by the way, we used to tell our freshman coaches, all freshman coaches go to heaven. If you coach freshman anything, you will get an automatic pass to heaven. So you, if you are heathen, God is going to reward you for coaching freshman sports. All right. Um, I could do this easier in my head, but uh, that's $600, $600 pre-tax dollars a month. And you working, you working like you working, you, you, he said, that's highway robbery. You getting, you working them hours, bro. You working them freaking hours. Anyway. So if you ever, you know, are a criminal in life, go back and coach a freshman sports team and you automatically get a pass to heaven. All right. Cause coaching freshman sport, you might as well pluck your eyebrows out at this particular point. Anyway, we were talking about some other shit. Let me get some super chats. Uh, let's see here. It's one of those days. Rational rationality says sad mental health now seen as strong. Yeah, they're seen as strong. They're the ones that and then if you let's just say you're the ones, um, you're the ones that say, Well, I don't need no mental health. They literally you're it, you're a public enemy number one. Like, how is that? <laughs> like, that's some of the weird things that I have about that industry. And listen, if you need help, go see a professional. But it's gotten so bad. That other people tell you to get it, and you like, well, I don't need it. Well, you should have it. Like, <laughs> like. <laughs> uh, but I don't want it. You need it. Like how we how we how did we get there? Peace House also says that's a nurse practitioner. <laughs> Wait a minute. As a nurse practitioner that needs or that can prescribe meds firsthand can say that mental health providers that aren't doctors, a PA or a NP, just lie and wear lab coats. <laughs> All right. So he's using some phraseology that I don't know. But he says firsthand mental health providers that aren't docs or a PA or an NP just lie and wear lab coats. Indeed. All right, thank you for sharing that. Let's go over to the other ones and maybe we'll what well, maybe we'll finish the stream. I don't know. We're just chilling today. Uh, we got Dr. Thunder. Doctor is in here. Shout out to you. Oatmeal Danny says, here's something for some grass-fed beef. Woo! In the building. DGC Moore in the building again. Blessings. Deshaun Rose, salute coach. On the road, but tuning in. Thank you. Lionheart, thanks for all you do, coach. Much appreciated. Juan Pomeras, does the trauma ever go away or just accumulate? That's a wonderful question, too. So if a person has trauma, unresolved trauma for 25 years ago, and they go to a professional, are you getting rid of the trauma? Are you are you is the trauma gonna add on? Like, what's the what are we doing? Are you shutting off? You're gonna unpack it and then, oh, I understand. And then what? They can move on. 
the trauma disappears. Like, I, I don't know. Now, I'm, I'm not trying to make fun of it, but what I'm doing is, is I guess, guys, I just did it with teachers. I could do this with personal trainers, too. Goofy-ass personal trainers. If you really want to know, I can get into personal trainers, too. I've seen enough of them goofballs, all right, with their ISSA personal training certification and don't know Jack. The Dark Saga, he says, eventually we're going to be considered sick if we don't go to therapy or take head meds. That's where we're going with it. I, that's my opinion. Billy the Kid says, hold up, who's clowning MPs? Y'all need to stop. No, he says, if you if you aren't an NP, nurse practitioner, he said, if you're not, he didn't clown them. He said, if you're not a nurse practitioner, then, so Billy the Kid, chill. All right. But no, he said, if you're not an MP. So he was defending the MPs. All right. No government name says, when I click on your old videos, YouTube keeps playing ads for the, uh, for so-called marriage experts claiming that they could save your broken marriage and get your wife to love you again. Give them a L. Well, if I guess if you're an ad person, that would be a good thing to pair up the ads, right? You're like, find all the red pill guys and give them hope. We can fix you. Don't listen to this goofball. <laughs> Man, we got a lot of brother here. Uh, let's see here. Let me do two or three over here. No name says, what's up, coach? Sorry, haven't donated in a while. I'm at my job. Don't know if you cover football player Micah. Shuffling back to the plantation after criticizing Biden's prison swap, he deleted his tweets and got his catfish nuggets. Does he play for, somebody was telling me about it. I think he plays for, I can't remember what team he plays for, but he was going in there and he was trying to, he realized that he was going in there. He got it from all sides, though. Because then he was going in there. Then he had to go the whole F orange man bad, right? But he was criticizing because I believe his family is a Marine. Yeah, the Cowboys. So he was criticizing the trade. And then he, because he came from a Marine perspective, his family is Marine. And so he doesn't realize why Paul Whelan doesn't get released and why Brittany Griner. So then the liberals, the rainbow community, they went in on him. And then he was like, hey, I'm in the middle. I don't like Trump or Biden. And then the Trumper Magas got on his ass. Then he went shuffling. <laughs> hey, when you're on this situation in our world, in our world, stand strong on what you say. But we so scared to piss somebody off. And the reason why we're scared to piss everybody off, because most people are fraudulent. Shout out to Brian W in the building. But we scared to piss them off that if you have a football career like that, you end up going, all right, I'm going to just tuck tail and stay with my contract. But that is another indication that you're just a slave, but you're just a highly paid slave. Say it with your chest. Say what you mean. Give them the middle finger. You could get the finger in the middle. Yeah, I did the New Mexico State story. I did that one already. And the coaches are making it worse. I tell you, basketball, I can talk about college basketball coaches, which are nothing but essentially uh, used car salesmen. They're modern day used car salesmen. These basketball coaches have no morals, many of them. Trust me, I've seen it all. These people have committed crimes as basketball coaches. They've hidden crime. Basketball coaches or sports coaches in general, they do shit like they above the law. Like they, the FBI will be after they ass, and they'll be up there hiding the player when the FBI's chasing them. You like, oh, Baylor's basketball coach did this. 
I can't remember his name, but that was in the 90s or the 2000s. Um, Baylor's basketball coach, his player shot and killed his own teammate, and the, the coach tried to cover it up. New Mexico State's coaches are doing the exact same thing. Their player killed another human being, and then they gathered up all the evidence and the kid and took him back home when the police said, you got to stay here. I'm going to tell you, basketball coaches, or not sorry, sports coaches, high school and up, are pretty much the most immoral people. And I will say this, you should stop. You should stop pedestalizing sports coaches. They are not honorable. <laughs> All right? All the ones, and listen, this is, you know, you'd be like, coach is a straight hater. Pop Warner, too. These people cheat. There's a there's a phrase in coaches coaching. It says like this. This is the phrase in coaching. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. Yeah, Dave Bliss and Baylor. Um, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. That's that's what coaches, that's a motto in coaching. They cheat their ass off. They cheat recruiting high school talent. They cheat in Pop Warner. Kids will be over age. They'll have a team of AAU basketball players and play them two ages down. They'll play kids that ain't even on the, on the team. AAU coaches are notorious cheaters. They'll they'll go into a tournament. They'll play two age groups down, and then they'll grab players off of other teams and press you the whole game. And knowing they will look at your team, and they'll grab other teams' players that ain't even on their team, put them on the bench, give them a jersey, and they'll press that team the entire game up 50. <laughs> Coaches, coaches are immoral and all the way up. Never think that some coach is holier than the next coach. In my opinion, none of them are as holy. Many of them, many, that goes for all the way up. Think of your holiest coaches. They cheated. <laughs> he said, no mercy. They cheated just like the coaches that got caught cheating. Many times they cheat and the, the organization looks the other way. But if uh, the, if this coach cheats, they putting them in violation. They'll violate them, put them on probation, take them off TV, restrict their scholarship. But this coach over here, this coach over here, that coach cheated too. All of them do. All of them do. He said, sweep the leg. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. That's what we used to say in college coaching. He said, my college coach gave us money. All we had to do was tell him. We were thinking about transferring. Yep. So, man, not a, I, you know, when they'd be like, oh, this coach was the holy glory. They did everything right. They graduated their players. They never cheated. They never bent rules. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. All right. I don't care which one. They cheated. <laughs> anyway, just win, baby. Somebody said, including me, I never broke any rules. I never broke any of the rules. Somebody said, Cap. Somebody said, Cap. Look this up. Look this up. Who is the, who is the most holiest coach? We just chilling today. Don't tell me you get to the point. Who's the most holiest basketball coach in, in college basketball? Who's the most holiest coach? The coach that... Yeah, even Lance Armstrong. Somebody said Coach Krzyzewski, Coach Greg Adams. 
No, there's one that's considered the holiest of holy. He says, I'm a Tar Heel fan. Talk about Coach K. Uh, the most holy of the holy, somebody mentioned it, John Wooden. John Wooden. John Wooden's known as the holiest of holy. Most people will never say anything wrong about John Wooden. In fact, it's sacrilege if a coach came out or any human being to talk bad about John Wooden. Okay. However, because he won, um, he won a um, he won an unprecedented, an unprecedented amount of national champions, right? He's known as the guy who would teach players how to put their socks and shoes on. He was a mentor, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Walton. They basically would be like, he's the Jesus of basketball. He never broke any rules. He was just an honest old man. He teach you these X's and O's, and that shit just worked out. He just kept going undefeated, right? He kept just However, if you research him, you can Google it real quick. And they have a phrase about John Wooden called the wizard of dishonesty. Right? He got the coaching pyramid and all that shit. Well, there's a person that was associated with John Wooden who John Wooden, and I'm not trying to, yeah, I'm not trying to shit on him. This is Googleable information. There was a person associated with him, which was what we would probably call a booster. He said, rule number one, don't get caught. Yep. He had a friend, which in coaching, we would call a bad guy. He's the guy that had the bag. He carried the bag, which essentially is the bag of money that you would distribute to the players, which essentially is you don't distribute the players, the money to the players, but the bad guy, the bag guy is the one that sets everybody up. But it's Googleable. <laughs> it's Googleable. And the guy who was John Wooden's bag money is a guy named Sam Gilbert. And this is well known in the people who know. Sam Gilbert was the one responsible for bringing Kareem from New York to UCLA, which was almost unheard of to get him to come all the way from New York to come to UCLA, right? But that's what they did with Kareem, which was Lou Cinder from the time. The way they were able to do that was to get Sam Gilbert involved. He's the, he drops the bag. He's the one that drops the, um, the bag in the, the Chick-fil-A filled with money. Filled with money. So when you see a guy who's able to dominate, 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 right? He's able to dominate. They are doing something. They might not have their hands in it, but they have the pe They know how it works. They, they know how it works. And this is Googleable. Googleable. Sam Gilbert was UCLA's bad guy. Bag guy. So then the money gets distributed and then the coach gets to play ignorant. I didn't know this was going on. I didn't know. But you kept winning. How did you keep winning and getting the top players? Well, because of our reputation. And we have a stellar reputation for our ec academic ec excellence. And I graduate players. And I'm, I'm a great motivator. And I know the X's and O's. And I know. That's what they lean on. And they lean on this to get you guys to believe that they have um, some sort of philosophy that's just nobody else can figure out. 
actually had this when I um when I was a assistant coach at Stony Brook. We had a the Ohio State football coach who was the Ohio State football coach at the time. At the time, he was a high school coach. And, I'm sorry, the Ohio State coach. I can't remember his name, but somebody can remember it. But he had this book, and he had this book, and he came up there with his freaking his freaking uh cutoff sweater, his golf sweater, and his polo shirt. He came up there with his little glasses, looking like talking about God, talking about his the big O. He had this big O. And uh, in the locker room, and he had what the O is on each corner of the O. Yeah, Jim Tressel, Jim Tressel. He came in there talking about church and going to the Lord, and we have a God belief system and the big O and blah, 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 blah. He came in there and talked to us, signed his book. Guess what? Then when even two years later, big time violations, all these players getting paid. That was when all the players, Terrell Pryor, that was when Terrell Pryor, that other freshman running back that got the head. What was the freshman running back? The barbecue. That was when that happened. And he came in there with his sweater vest, talking about God and the big O and whatnot. And all the coaches eating it up, taking notes. I'm going to tell my players that. I'm going to tell my player. <laughs> At the end of the day, yeah, Maurice Claret. That was that coach. He was in there, oh, yeah, it was the system, and it was this, and it was my philosophy. Mm. <laughs> oh, these players were cheating. These players were selling their likeness for tattoos, and which they probably should have. They would actually be able to do it these days. So, anyway, that's what I tell you about this. Somebody says, chill, chill, chill. Who are anyway? <laughs> it's crazy. So, uh, yeah, man, I always said that professional industry, like they make these figures, God figures. Uh, a lot of these coaches came up together and they supported each other. Uh, if you read the book, Soul Influence, about the shoe deals, the Nike shoe deals, the old five-star camps, all of these coaches have been coaching since they're in their 20s and they came up with college basketball and they've been helping support each other and they've got a close network of good old boys that starts with, Dick Vitale was an important member of them. And those, the relationships that they built earlier on and coming up when they didn't make a lot of money, they actually made themselves millionaire. Bill, uh, Dick Vitale was a major voice for that because he was supporting only certain coaches. And those certain coaches always got the big credibility and they always got held in high esteem. And Dick Vitale was the voice behind that. He was always like, Coach K and Coach Knight. Guess where the players kept going? To Coach K and Coach Knight. Because <laughs> on TV, this announcers, oh, man, he's the guy. He's this. He's incredible. And then the players are listening to this shit over and over again. Oh, this guy keeps saying this guy's great. So the players keep going there. And they continue to do this. The Big East Conference was that. The old back old boy school Big East. So the Big East was a group of people who came up together, all five-star camp, group, uh, working the pavement, Rick Pitino, uh, John Tom uh, Thompson, and all of those guys, uh, Raleigh Massimino, and all of these guys were all old-school dudes over here, and they got up, they built it up, and they kept a network, and they actually make it work. So uh, anyway, yeah, Seton Hall. They, they Now, once – I'm going to show you – I'm going to show you how this works. Once the networks took over and networks took over sports, 
corporations took over sports so that now these people don't have the influence that they have like Dick Vitale. And Dick Vitale got older, and guess what happened? Duke, Indiana, all those teams that he supported, the Big East, they ain't shit now. <laughs> Since Dick Vitale's getting got old and he can't, he he doesn't have the influence anymore. Guess what teams are losing? You, it's pretty simple. But but now corporations run it, and corporations can dictate where the players go by saying, We're gonna give the contracts to these schools, these conferences, and these teams are gonna be always featured. Prime time. Where do you think the kids are going to go to school? Because these are the teams that are on prime time. Um, and it used to be not that. You used to turn on the TV and Nebraska and Notre Dame were always on TV Saturday at 12. And they say Nebraska and Tom Osborne, fantastic. Notre Dame and Lou Holtz, the greatest ever. Now, as soon as the other teams, the SEC, got Alabama on TV in prime time, where is Notre Dame and Nebraska now? <laughs> Notre Dame and Nebraska in football, they're nowheresville because now Alabama's on TV. Now Clemson is on TV. They're just on, they're on TV as much as Nebraska and Notre Dame used to be on TV. And then these people can't figure out why Nebraska sucks at football. It's simple. You don't have prime time. Yep. You ain't on TV no more. Miami, you got to watch them at an odd hour on Friday at Friday night. How, why you ain't gonna win? Because you don't have the you don't have the people trumpeting you anymore. So uh, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like I I can see this for what it is. I can read into things and all this stuff. And you got to know what goes on behind the scene. Also, the NILs are gonna change college sports. So NILs, I know we're going way off. NILs are also gonna change college sports because the players can get paid. So a college coach is going to take a job based on how many, how much a university can attract donors to pay their players. That's why Texas A&M, the highest payroll in college sports today is Texas A&M. And they got their ass whooped this year. They paid their play. They had the most NILs. And that co coach went there because he knew what was coming. And they got their ass whooped. Okay, but uh, I think they went four and seven. Now, um, now they have a player at the University of Texas that has a Lamborghini sponsorship. Do you know his name? That's why Prime went to Colorado. Uh, Prime is going to be able to bring NLIs to Colorado, and they're going to be able to bring the players, and the players going to – that guy that went from – he was going to go to Florida, and he went to Jackson State. That guy's going to be a millionaire. Close to a millionaire at Colorado. He was getting nothing. He was getting nothing at Jackson State. But I'm talking about the running back at Texas. Let me show you. He has a Lamborghini sponsorship. Bijan Robinson. This is how big it's going now. So it ain't the good old days. If your football team's losing, it's because of NLIs. NILs. I keep calling them NLIs. Let me show you here. Let me show you here. Why, why isn't this coming up? Why can't y'all see this? Remove. I wonder why. Let me stop sharing. Yeah, uh, here it is right here. So here, here's a football player who has a Lamborghini sponsorship. 
He's sponsored by a Lamborghini dealer. This is where college football going. And um, there he is right there. Name image like name image likeness. This brother right here. And I think he was said to be making $2 million. This is a college. This is college sports. So this is where it's going. So the old days of Dick Vitale and this coach is great. And this coach is the almighty. And this coach is the, 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 the Jesus. And they never break the rules. Those days are over. Now, can you get your players a bag? And I say the players somewhat deserve it. But this is where we're going. <laughs> My brother, and congrats to him. Congrats to him on this one. There he is right there. He played, he's, a, I think, a junior or a senior at Texas football. Somebody said LeBar Ball changed the game. Yep. And also the guy destroying changed the game. And there was another girl, uh, the girls from... Um, UNLV basketball and also uh, the UCLA brothers, the UCLA brothers. Oh, uh, not Odom. I can't remember the brothers at UCLA that that did the whole football game. And there were two twins. There were two black twins that used to do this. And they were told to delete all their social media. Who are the two black girls? Uh, about five or 10 years ago, they started messing with rappers. One of us, a DJ. Now they were like the Cavender twins, but. Before the Cavender twins. Let me see if I can pull them up. Let me see here. Twins from UNLV basketball. Yeah, the O'Bannon brothers help. The O'Bannon brothers were the ones. The O'Bannon brothers. Twins. Women's basketball. UNLV. The Gonzalez twins. Thank you. Y'all perverts know. Gonzalez twins. The perverts knew. I knew you would know. <laughs> There it is right there. So these girls right here, let me pull it up on the screen. These girls were pre-NIL, the Gonzalez twins. I knew the perverts would come up. So these girls right here. So before NILs, these girls couldn't capitalize on their social media. They couldn't capitalize on social media because NCAA rules said, no, nah, y'all can't do this. Y'all doing social media. Y'all doing Instagram. Y'all getting invited to rap parties. They tried to put violations on them. They were like, y'all can't make the money. But now the athletes can make the money and these girls help push it. The O'Bannon brothers destroying the football player, destroying, he's on YouTube, destroying. He got suspended and he he helped push it. And um, also who else pushed it that we talked about? Now the Cavender twins are essentially the Gonzalez twins. Let me see if I can pull up the Cavender twins. The, and But the Cavender twins are making a half million dollars. The Gonzalez twins didn't. So essentially, as you can see right here, this is the Cavender twins. They're essentially doing what the Gonzalez twins did, but they did it. Now they can get paid and the Gonzalez twins couldn't. You see this? You see the difference between years? And that's the difference between less than 10 years. It's crazy, huh? Anyway, yeah, the female gymnastic girl is getting a bag. And I saw a picture of her on Instagram. I was like, God dang. Yeah, she was a, she's definitely a flat back something else. What, but and she's making two million dollars a year. Female LSU gymnast. Yeah, she she killing it. This girl right here, this the flatback. So the Gonzalez twins in women's basketball made way for this girl. This girl right here, she's a megastar on social media. Even the kids follow her. Less than ten years, so she's killing it in social media, and she's got nil deals. 
and she makes $2 million a year. She's a gymnast at LSU. So anyway, he says, you got six-year-olds making millions on YouTube. Yeah. So the college sports are changed. So if you're a fan of college sports and you want to know why your team ain't winning, it's the new day. It's a new day. The new day is pay the players. And it ain't going to be jo- it ain't gonna be X's and O's. It's going to be Johnny's and Joe's. It's going to be Johnny's and Joe's. And it'll ruin it. It'll ruin it for what it is. Because a kid could come to your school, like the Texas running back, he could come in, make his $2 million, go to the NFL, take a pay cut. <laughs> he could go to the NFL and take a pay cut. Yeah, she legal. So there's really only going to be so many dominant teams. And they're all, that's why they're all joining the same conferences now. So it's not going to be about winning anymore, unfortunately. It's not going to be about winning. All right, what are we doing here? Yeah, it's about getting your bag, and I can't blame them. Go get your bag. Go get your bag. Let's do some quick ones here. We're going to really be chilling. So Nebraska football, I'm sorry to say, I don't care what coach you put in there. Y'all ain't about to do nothing. (laughs) Y'all ain't about to do a damn thing, all right? The good old days are over. The 90s are over, bro. All right? The 90s are over. Notre Dame, forget it. Y'all ain't about to win nothing. You're going to win your little 10 games, not your you win your little nine games. That's a rapsky. That's why, that's why the Notre Dame coach went to LSU. That's why the Notre Dame coach went to LSU. And then now they got that other substitute coach. Shout out to him. He did okay. But the Notre Dame coach was like, oh, hell no. We ain't going to get the back. He went right to LSU. He was out. So anyway, is Harry dead inside? Prince Harry. Let's talk about Prince Harry. Here's a guy right there. There's your boy, Prince Harry, emasculated. And this is why he's emasculated. Allegedly, there's a clip of Meghan Markle kind of just disrespecting his legacy, <laughs> disrespecting his family. But this clip is might be taken out of context, but she's going to describe. And there's some babies in the background, and it ain't me as whoever straggled back or recorded this. She's going to talk about how she bowed in front of the queen for the first time. And let's take a look, look at the body language. She said, this is how she curtsied. And look at Harry. Look at him. Look at him. Look at him. Look at how he's looking at her. Look at his body language. He's not sniggling or nothing. Look at his mouth. Look at his eyes. He like, bitch. And oh, there's a sniggle. Yeah, pleasure to meet you, Your Majesty. Look at him. Broken. She just kind of mocked. And of course, look, there's people that don't really have any credibility. They don't give credibility to the, the queen. And you want to say it's New World Order. I, I get new, it. New, 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 new world but order. that's his family. That's his legacy. That's his traditions. That's his mores. That's, that's what he grew up with. And of course, you can say he doesn't care about it because his mom was terminated, allegedly. And all of that stuff. I know you could throw that in there. But this picture right here says it all. Look at this. He's like, I'm stuck with this. He didn't laugh. Like, what is he thinking right now? See, take a look here. Now, somebody said this clip was out of context. Now, look at this. Look how he's looking over. Look, this was not planned. So as you can see here, he's like, look, watch him look over. He's looking over at somebody like, is is this bitch crazy? Like, what's she doing? Look. So he's definitely not happy about this, bro. He's like, yo, what? 
Like, man, this is like the Robin Givens, Mike Tyson 2020 episode. He somebody said, play the music. <laughs> yeah. He like, shit, I'm stuck. And I didn't gave up my crown, my prince. I didn't gave up my title. I gave up my money. I gave up everything. I got money. He's like, damn. He kind of sniggled right there. This is when women say, I have a happy marriage. My marriage is happy. Yeah, somebody said, you big dummy. You big dummy. He reconsidering life right now. I just don't know what. So uh, I'm going to try to find the context clip because somebody said it was taken out of context that she wasn't mocking. But let me see if I can scroll down right here. I, I think this guy's broken. I think he's broken. All right, let me see here. Uh, he says, wish he says, uh, this one says, wish I could control and Z my marriage. <laughs> Here's Twitter going in on them. Wish I could control Z my marriage. <laughs> oh, man. He looking like, oh, shit. I messed up, didn't I? I messed up, didn't I? All right, let's see here. Let's see here. Let me take this off here because I don't want these ads to pop up. There's another one where they sh try to say um, it was taken out of context. They got some funny memes on them. Most people think these people are, Henry is doomed. He's sadly done here. Oh, they do have a picture of, oh, no. They do have someone bowing to her. Where's the full context clip? Yeah, this dude, I mean, I think this is a, I think he's regretting his decision. That's just me. I actually got a phone call from him, too. He actually called the show one time in a call-in show, but he had to go real fast because Megan was on that ass. All right. Uh, anyway, I can't find the context clip, but hey, I didn't mean to share that. All right. So anyway, let's go to the next story. Ladies. The bad boys. Bad boys. Is is date are is dating bad boys? Wait, where is that? Is dating bad boys ruining women for good? So the whole bad boy phase expressed by the that's you girl. Many women go through this as a phase of curiosity. They get their some of their best early sexual lessons. They get imprinted. They get fun. And then they want to settle down later on. Some of them do despicable things that you wouldn't even know that they do. Is this ruining them? Let me share a story about a prison guard who got knocked up. This is an older story, but it was shared. And uh, there she is right there. She looks like she's Dominican or Puerto Rican, mostly Puerto Rican. Nancy Gonzalez. Let's tell her story real briefly. The federal correction officer who initially or intentionally got knocked up with a death row inmate. The baby, I guess her baby, she got permanently lost custody of her baby. After a family court judge found that she repeatedly placed the boy in imminent danger. Nancy Gonzalez, age 29 at the time, went on an alcohol and cocaine binge when she was eight months pregnant with Justice and had put him in harm's way several times since he was born. Let's get to how he was born. The ex-guard told a therapist she twice gone drinking and driving with the baby. And in one of the instances, she admitted on being intoxicated to the point of driving on the wrong side of the road. But let's go down uh, to where it's here. She lost custody. Says here, Gonzalez is, okay, Gonzalez is expected here. Okay, how did she get it right here? It says right here, 
justice was conceived during the commission of a crime, the judge wrote. Gonzalez engaged in illicit acts with a condemned inmate with the sole intention of conceiving a child, which she knew or should have known that neither parent could care for due to Wilson's pending execution and her own likely incarceration for said illicit behavior in dereliction of her duties as a correction officer. Okay. She chose, and this is where a lot of women say he left and he a deadbeat dad and blah, blah, blah. A lot of women choose to try to procreate with the bad guy, the guy, the exciting guy, the Pookie, the Chad, the Ray Ray, the Tyrone, the high status guy, the millionaire, the whoever has the boat, right? They will intentionally try to, and this woman says that in this case, she intentionally got pregnant by a death row inmate who was scheduled to be executed and she delivered his baby. I mean, you got to give me a reason for that other than she fell in love. Says right here, she conceived the child with the knowledge that he would be neglected and left to suffer emotional hardship and stigmatization, stigma, stigmatization, wait, stigmatization, stigmatization, if you will, the judge fumed throughout her downward spirals of behavior leading up to and during her pregnancy with justice and after Gonzalez continuously exhibited neglectful behaviors. It is, is it in fact women who deal with bad boys exhibiting neglectful behavior, women who procreate? with the cartel, with the gangbanger, are they exhibiting neglectful behavior by doing so? Knowing that the kid is going to be put in a disadvantage, knowing that the kid has to explain that their father is in jail or a criminal or a drug lord or so forth and so on. Many women volunteer themselves, not victimized, volunteer themselves to be in relationships and then later become the victim. Now, we know women do enjoy the carousel for a while. <laughs> but they do try to rebound. Is it possible for them to come back from this ever? Are they ruined for good when they participate in relationships with risky, dangerous bad boys? Are they risking everything? Is their future ruined? Let's go ahead and put up a poll in relation to this. And then they want the nice guy later, right? Then they want the guy to make the sacrifice, right? The that's you girl. Um, and here's a secret that many guys don't know, especially in today's day and age, is that women love nice guys. <laughs> we may not understand how much we love and appreciate them until we're a little older. Um, and we've gotten that sort of asshole phase out of our systems. Uh, I'd say by our late 20s, early early 30s is uh, the point in our lives when we're just exhausted by the jerks and we have no time in our lives anymore for them. So we really start looking for men who uh, we know will be great long-term partners, aka nice guys, right? And that's you. All right, I put up a poll on the Free Agent Lifestyle channel. I'll go ahead and do the same thing on the Notorious CGA channel for those 100 and so on people that are watching. I appreciate y'all over there. Are women ruined for good? Ladies, you can chime in. And if you want to come in and you want me to drop the link, ladies, you can come up and, and uh, explain. Are women ruined? Let me see here. Let me get it right. Ruined for good when they have their bad boy phase. When they have their bad. And they come back. Now, here's the thing. Some guys might say no. If you say no, which we have 2% saying no, 
if you say no, can good guys can good guys fix the bad guy, the the girl that went through that phase? Can the good guys are you the solution? Like the that's you girl says. And that's you. What is your role? What is your role in fixing this and putting her back on her course? If in fact she's ruined. Can you fix them? What's the danger? What's the risks that you're taking if you do that? What's the risk that you're taking? All right, we have some people over there. Shout out to everybody on Rumble. People are saying no, obviously. I got, uh, boy, I got, of course, predictably. He says, once you're a, once a good girl has gone bad, she's gone forever. And also, if you are a person that has a young person, young female in your life, a niece, a cousin, a daughter, is it possible that you can warn them to not go this way if, in fact, they are ruined? What can you do to them? Can you chase them away? Can you basically say, hey, you're going to ruin yourself for good? If, if, if that's your belief, you're going to ruin them for good. Can you persuade or I believe the word is dissuade? Can you dissuade? Hey, you might not want to choose them. I know the girls are going to tell you to do it, but if you do it, you're going to be ruined forever. What can you tell them? Somebody says brain damage. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where you're on a part of the stream. Don't talk about my quarterback. All right. We do have 4%. These are probably the women. Statistically, that's about the amount of women that watch my show. <laughs> Somebody said they won't listen. They won't listen. I think the one thing that you have in suburban. Oh, we got a, quite a few over on the CGH notorious channel. 11% says they are not ruined for good. Is it possible that you guys want to come up? You guys want to come up and uh, talk about this? Let me know. I can drop a link. I think somebody says Western society is doomed. All right. There's no helping it. No. So, so we do, we do. Um, hold on for a second. Let me see this. Let me see this. I don't know if y'all got y'all's wigs on or if you simps. Did y'all take a shower? Let me see if I can see if I can do this here. Again, I don't usually invite people up, but I don't even know off the top of my head. Let me see this. Oh, there it is. It says invite. Let me see if I can invite a guest. Oh, no, I'm on the wrong side here. Oh, man, this is interesting. Okay. I think I could do this. Hold on for a second. Speak your piece on this. And of course, be dressed, have a shirt on, um, have potentially some lights on or male and female, male and female, sisters and white women and Latinas and, and Chinas or whoever. Y'all can y'all can do it, too. All right. I shared a link. And uh, make sure you don't put your anatomy on the screen or anything. Okay. Let me see. A real simp will happily try to change her. All right. Normally, people don't, you know, you, you wouldn't have anticipated that I would be inviting guests. So I know you're probably going to not be ready for this. But in the meantime, I'm going to do some super chats. All right. So uh, let's see here. Billy the Kid, hold up. Okay. Mr. Mr. Hold on for a second. I got to pin the comment. Where is it? There it is. Oh. 
Okay, Mr. Troy Steeler says it's barbecue in there. You ball head ninja, keep working. It's barbecue. It's barbecue in there. Um, somebody says, um, I can't say your name, but rant about letting students out earlier was on point. At my high school, they let the seniors go home after lunch if we had study hall because it was useless credits. I was like, uh, number two, uh, you've been uh you've been giving us study hall classes since freshman year. It was a useless credits all the time. He says, All I heard was crickets. Yeah, so there there you go. And he's called he's a fan here. But um, yeah, uh uh I when I was a senior. I had two legit classes. The rest of my classes were garbage and I had practice. So the reason why I had two classes and two garbage classes was because I was an athlete. So I had to be essentially staying at school. Some of the days I could go home because we had block schedule. So I would, I would drive to school, do my morning class, go home or do my useless class, my main class, my useless class, go home. And then after that, I would come to pra- back to practice. All right. Ch- uh, Chadwick. Fairbanks says watching from three thirty thousand feet headed to Whitefish, Montana to spend time with my client. Free agent lifestyle is the only way to go. Trade paper, stack assets, gain skills, and stay frosty. Shout out to Chadwick. All right, Billy the Kid, Megan's box must be crazy fire because Harry done lost everything for this straggle. I don't get it, but I I will I will try to get a piece of that box though. JC says my copy of the free agent lifestyle just got delivered, headed home to pick it up and get to reading after today's episode, free agent lifestyle for life. All right. We got um, a brother. Let me see if you got a shirt on in the background. I can't see nothing. I can see your head. Make sure you got some clothes on. I don't want you to be whipping out a Johnson or, or nothing before I put you on. Okay. I can see you. Uh, all right. Yeah, that's you. Okay. Let me see here. Let me see this. He goes by vans. Let's go ahead and pop him up. What's up, brother? Well, go ahead, coach. You're good. Yeah, we all good, brother. This is our guy. This is the timestamp guy. So if you have issues with him, this is our brother that does yeah, the timestamp. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, he man said he's some dumpling. What are you gonna say, brother? Sorry, I was looking about some dinner. Yeah, cooking. Oh, yeah. You was okay. You were cooking on your dinner. Where are you from, brother? Jamaica. Jamaica in the building, Jamaica. Yeah, so this, all going people, you know, Miss Abundance Day, you know, you see it. <laughs> all right. So when you pipe down all the American and European chicks, are they all in their sixties or? Uh, yeah, coach, the never, um, they only like Rasta, coach. They mainly like Rasta, man. Not all regular. Yeah. So you gotta have rent a Rasta. You gotta have the dreadlocks. You gotta have yeah. the rent. <laughs> oh, brother, you better throw some dreadlocks. You missing out, brother. That's coach, you're not that desperate, coach. Most of them um soggy at this. Most of older women come here. Not no young, firm, tight skinned. Not really. Oh, okay. Not where I live. Not where I live. All right. So no, he you you got saggy waggies, soggy, sloppy yogurts, no firm, young pieces of piece of leave. All right. So shout out to yeah, you. Not, what you gotta say, bro? Now, I was gonna say it's mainly like couples. That that that's who you would mean is if they're young. But if but if you're gonna see like um women that would be available to us, mostly like forties and thirties, forties, yeah. Okay, so that's old for you because you're a young brother, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm twenty three. Twenty three. Okay, okay, yeah. So forty is old for a twenty three year old. I mean, I, I don't care. I would pipe them down, oh. but you know, I haven't got the chance yet. He like. <laughs> 
Why you haven't got? Yeah. <laughs> he said, yeah. uh, "You got to grow, grow your dreadlocks up. Got to grow your dreadlocks." <laughs> All right. So, um, what do you think about this subject? Uh, well, if you could ch change women, then sure, but they can't change them. You can't give them instructions. They can't tell them what to do. So, it's literally impossible. If you could do that, then sure, but you can't do that anymore. Okay, can't do it anymore. So they done though. Not anymore. Yeah, it's like, as I said, the Jezebel spirit, even if, if you try to give them instructions, they think they know more than you are. They think they're, you know, better than you or whatever. So you won't get true to them to give them the message or they just won't accept it. That's just how it is. Okay, they won't accept it. All right. Is it that bad in Jamaica, brother? You can't get the sisters oh, together? It's worse. it's worse here than in America. It's worse. It's worse than America. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> Mm. You know, like we have a phrase, them girls are wicked. That alone says it all. Like them these women cold. Yeah. Them girls are wicked. Yeah, them girls are wicked. Yeah, man. Them girls are wicked. Okay. All right, brother. So hey, uh, don't don't go down to Jamaica, brothers. No passport work. Your passport game ain't gonna work in Jamaica. So passport bros, would you tell them passport bros to go to why don't the passport bros tell them to go to Jamaica? Why is Jamaica off limits? Well, they normally like foreign men, so you should come here, but don't wipe them up. They're unseeking. I think more of them are unseeking than Tinder. That says a lot. Uh, wow. More. Okay. Wow. Dang. Okay. Yeah. All right. So if you like Patra, if you like all of these girls, you know, Patra was my Jamaican girl back in the day. You know, you might be too young to know who Patra is, but the old heads <laughs> know who Patra is. If y'all look up Patra. Patrick was the girl back in the day. So I would go down there. What's the STDs like? They Don't they got high STDs out there, Patrick? I mean, uh, I mean, no. Mainly gonorrhea and like HIV and maybe syphilis. I don't really hear about herpes. I don't really hear about it that much. But mainly like HIV, gonorrhea, yeah. Okay. Wait, I haven't heard of crabs or anything like that. I think that's an American thing. I don't know. That's an America. Okay. All right. <laughs> Them gals are wicked. Yeah, All right, man. I got to work on my Jamaican, brother. All right. Shout out to you, man. Thanks for the help. Uh, help out. All right, coach. Shout <laughs> out to the coach gang. All right. Peace. All right. Them gala wicked. Them gala wicked down there. Jerk chicken. All right. You better be careful, man. Passport bros. I never hear them talk about going to Jamaica. <laughs> my accent is terrible. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me check uh, on the PayPal. I did see somebody come back up in the background, but he but we lost him. So if you did want to come back up, let me know. All right. Uh, let me check Venmo. What's up? And then what is it? Two hours and 16 minutes, maybe two hours and 30 minutes. If nobody else wants to step up, if there's a woman, you don't have to talk about this. If there's a lady here that wants to take up something with CGA, perhaps show me your feet. Let me know. Sonny D says, coach, I always appreciate how you break these systems in places like he says, how you break down these systems in places like the school schedules to keep people busy. How do we uh, do our own research like this? Maybe one day you can do a show on self-education. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And most of the time, most of the time I'm going to pick out an aspect and I will admit I'm going to pick out an aspect that that is. Um, it could be an exaggeration. It could be something that is, you know, like I'm picking something out of it. It doesn't explain the entire system. Um, so people can constitute it as negative or they could probably explain it away. I will admit they could probably explain it away. I won't let them bullshit me, though. But also it comes from experience. I've experienced a lot of different careers and avenues and experiences. So I'm a lot older and my ambition always 
got me to try to try things. This is the whole thing of the Renaissance man. Like I've never had one career. I've always had something that I did most of the time. But even when I was doing that, I was looking at other things. So that gave me an opportunity to look in it, research it, see if I wanted to do it, dip my toe in it and sometimes experience it and realize it was nothing. Right. So uh, don't be so one dimensional. Be a jack of all trades, research things like I've done things from arts, science, history. Like I was a history major at one point in college. Then I switched to kinesiology. And that was because I wanted to be a coach. So um, being that I was a history major, I took a lot of history courses and I still have that history bug. So when I talk about frame things in history, that's where it comes from. I have an interest in it genuinely. And I think majoring in it made me become disinterested. But not majoring in it allowed me to get back and be interesting in it. And also, people will say you're wrong about things like this. You're wrong about this. You're wrong about that. I'm not wrong. It's just my perspective. People argue and debate in uh, just about every, um, just about everything, right? Every, e anything you have, you will have two sides, an extreme side within there and a not extreme side, right? So even historians debate amongst each other about things. So a person who says you're wrong about something is saying that out of ignorance. You're almost never wrong. You could be out of left field, you could have a different perspective. You could just kind of be, or oh, you're an extremist on this, or you're, you could all, or you look at it from this viewpoint, but you're never wrong. You know what I mean? So, or you could be way off base. But if you have just the slightest of bit of knowledge about it, whatever that knowledge is, you're probably right, but it's probably without context, maybe without the complete picture. So, anyway. Somebody is backstage, but I can't see you, so I cannot let you on. You have to be visible, unfortunately. We cannot do we cannot do struggle streams like this. We can't show up to CGA's thing like this. Hey, CGA, let me on. Let me on here. Oh, <laughs> uh, let me see here. Did I get that? Shout out to Sunny D. Uh, have interest in multiple things. All right, I see a video, but it is being delayed a little bit. So, like, your connection is somewhat bad. I see you back there. Give me a second. SAU, happy Friday, Coach, from South of the Border. I'm not fumbling the bag today. I'm cooking at home, watching a movie, and waking up tomorrow to continue working on my business. Appreciate you there. All right, uh, let me see if I can bring you up. Let me see if you're struggling. <laughs> Hello? You struggling. I see you, but I can't see you once I popped you up. What happened? What's going on with your internet? He calling from jail. He calling from jail. Hold up for a second. You in jail, brother? He calling from the pit. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Milwaukee oh. County Jail. Milwaukee County Jail reporting in. <laughs> Where, what city uh. are you in? <laughs> Oh, we can't. I can't get you, man. All right, so get your connection up, get your connection up, and then we'll see if we can pop you back up. Okay. Newski, men suffer from the most mental health issues and still come out. Uh, come, he says, still come out on top. Okay, so we still suffer through them and still come out on top. He says all women do is post a picture of its men's. Of sorry, it's men's mental health month and act like they care also one of my seeking women literally told me that she's bipolar one hour before 
this show should I cut her off? Uh, look and research what bipolarism is, and maybe you don't invite her to your house, okay? But it's a really serious situation if she is doing medication. It can get serious, but at this point, you're dealing with um, you're dealing with a lot of them that are under these conditions. So it's almost like picking, it's almost like picking. You got to pick something or pick nothing. Uh, CJ says I worked at a mental health hospital in college. Mostly women had BDP, bipolar disorder, were druggies and suicidal. He says magically nothing was ever their fault. Nothing was ever their fault. So that's I think that's where the accountability comes in, because what what I'm seeing and this might not be true is mental health professionals giving them a pass for their behavior. Oh, well, it's because of this and it's because of that. It ain't your fault. I don't think that's healthy for a society. But if y'all want to make money, make money the way you want to make money. I don't think that's healthy to pass off accountability, in my opinion. And just put it somewhere else. And most of the time, they're going to put it on the man. I don't know. Uh, you guys can confirm this. Shout out to Charles. He says, I can't believe anyone challenges you. You're right all the time. Keep it up, CGA. Respect. I appreciate that, bro. I know somebody says I disagree. I don't disagree with Coach Fully on this subject, but my hotel Wi-Fi connection is trash. All right. Shout out to Henry. He can't get on. He can't get up. Um, I appreciate people that don't think I'm wrong, but I'm I wish somebody would come on and really want to have an honest. Listen, you, you're going to have to answer questions when you come up. I'm not going to let you run off word salad. If you have a dissenting opinion on my opinions, like I'm not going to get it. And then eventually what they're going to do is click off the stream, meaning like I'm not just going to let you get a 15 minute run explaining your shit. All right. If you pop up in any form of debating against me, I'm going to question you. It's not going to be an interview. I'm going to say I have questions that I want you to ask. <laughs> I mean, want you to answer. So you're not just going to be able to pull up your little book and, and uh, Jedi mind trick me. I got. I have I have degrees, so that doesn't impress me. Okay, I've taught at universities. I've worked at universities. None of that shit impresses me. Matter of fact, most of the college professors that I've dealt with, being that I worked on college campuses, I wasn't impressed with them as a person. I wasn't impressed with them as a person. They just sat in school long enough to get a degree, and a university hired them. Many of them were weirdos. They were weirdos. Not all. Many of them were flat out weirdos, in my opinion. Like, and in the context of them not being a college professor, I wonder how you folded your laundry. I wonder how you, I wonder how you figured out how to put, uh, put your put your groceries away in your pantry. <laughs> All right, the Jimmy's ETT. So I'm gonna need you to wait at least seven months before I hold your hand because I just gave birth. To a death row inmate's baby. Oh, he smashed immediately and multiple dimes. But you're the nice guy. So you shouldn't mind waiting a half a year until I'm ready. I'll be at the junior college this weekend if y'all need me. That's kind of what's happening. Somebody said the Una, the Unabomber was a college professor. Exactly. Yeah. Especially in the psychology department. So I do have a bias. In the psychology department, they be weirdos in there, man. <laughs> I had a weirdo psychology teacher. They be weird, man. And and the psychology interns and the psychology student assistants, you be like, man, these people are something else. Like they something else, man. 
Like they don't, they're not like just regular people. You can have a normal conversation. They be all weird. They have those glasses on. They have those circle ga- glasses that make them look like crickets, right? They be pale. The girls be pale, just plain. And they be walking around, eyes all bugged out in they glasses. You be like, hi, how you doing? They be like, huh? <laughs> you like, what the, like, why are you so jumpy? The dudes are like really kind of weird and hippie-ish. And then I'm supposed to go to, I'm supposed to turn my life over to you. Here I am hustling, being aggressive. I'm supposed to turn it over on you. After y'all done shroomed your way to damn uh, all through college, you done shroomed and marijuana your way all through college, slept with each other, researched uh, Sigmund Freud about uh, electric complex, whether that was legitimate, the Oedipus complex about kids, kids looking at their dad's penises and penis envy. I'm supposed to turn my life over to you. I have a problem with that. Listen, don't tell me you wasn't one of them. I've been on universities. I worked at universities for 12 years. I've been on university campuses for 12 years. Don't don't try to Jedi mind trick me. I know I'm stereotyping. <laughs> but you're the one I'm supposed to sit on a couch with. And don't be divorced. <laughs> don't be divorced. You better be in a stable Boring ass marriage. If you in anything other than that shit, they be doing orgies. <laughs> Yo. Anyway. Yeah, they be my, most likely. Uh, look, it's, I'm telling you, man. And I'm supposed to sit. I'm supposed to sit. I'm supposed to sit and disclose personal information to you. That man, I don't look, man. I know too much. I've been around. I know too much. New, 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 new world order. <laughs> I know too much, man. I know y'all be doing drugs. Not all of you. And some prescription drugs. I know, man. I, I know. So I ain't turning my life over to you until I do a thorough investigation of you. I'm going to do a thorough investigation of you. Uh, my, my opinion is this. Because, you know, this could happen to you in family counseling. Family counseling. They be like, oh, the kids need to go to counseling. The mother's trying to control you, saying your kid's messed up, right? Because she's messed up. So they'll try to get you in some family therapy. What I would tell you is, I'm going to interrogate you before you ever get a goddamn word out of me. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. They're going to be like, hey, here, sit down, Mr. Adams. Let me ask you some questions. Take this 100-question exam, and I'm going to tell you to t- stick them 100 questions up your ass. All right, I ain't doing nothing. What you going to do, in this empty room between me and you, clear this room out. What you're going to do is answer my questions. <laughs> All right. I ain't telling you damn nothing. You're going to answer my questions. Well, I have this degree on the wall. This certified. I, mean, I ain't telling you shit. You ain't going to ask me nothing. I'm going to hold. Yeah, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire. I'm about to ask you 100 questions. First of all, who the hell are you? Have you taken any damn shrooms? Uh, dropped any acid, smoked any marijuana in the last two weeks? <laughs> you taking any prescription drugs? You just going to damn disqualify yourself in the first four questions. I'm letting you know that. He said, I'm the captain now. These people think I'm going to just sit down in the office because you got an office and a degree on your wall. If you don't know, I got three degrees. 
your degrees don't mean shit to me. <laughs> oh my goodness. Anyway, so I, I'm automatically throwing that and canceling that out. Now as a man to man or a human to human, let's measure it up. First of all, what's in your bank account right now? <laughs> yep. Hey, to the therapist, do or do you have a therapist? <laughs> You're like, yes, I'm in therapy. Disqualified. Disqualified. And next. All right, what are we doing here, man? Look, man. Shout out to Grease Man Texas says women are ingrained to like bad boys. This is true. Even female virgins will choose a man who's been around the block before she marries a male virgin. Ask a woman. Ask any woman and they will tell you so. This is true. This is true. So it's ingrained in them to like the, ma the masculine guy. This is why nice guys finish last. So people don't know that this is kind of just what we do as a human species. All right. Uh, did we got, we got, we got, we got the... Who is Dr. Khalifa? Who is that? Is that Mia Khalifa? All right. Uh, Johnny Del Rome, he says, was in a relationship with a woman who was physically abused by a brother. Knocked her teeth out in front of her kids. Threw her down the stairs. She drove him in a Range Rover. Wow. Wait, she threw him down the stairs, drove him in a Range Rover. I treated her the best I could, but the spiritual bond between that abuse and chemical addiction established by her highs and lows were too much oh god she didn't do therapy was addicted to adhd meds oh my lord he said goodness and he says but she loved but she loved ben me at points to where i thought some wait thought something king i don't know what this is maybe these are typos but where i thought something long-term could be salvaged you and I actually had consulted about this two years ago. I should have gone out. I should have gone out while I could, but I didn't listen. Learned so much from that. Thankfully, I didn't get her pregnant or catch a case. So shout out to you. We did it. We, I, I guess we did a coaching call on this one. And you continue down that path. Gentlemen, I'm going to tell you, do not mess with people who are on some sort of, if they're on meds, which is very people, some people take meds because they're losers and they need an excuse. So they're going to, and listen, that is a generalization, but they're going to do it because they know they're going nowhere and they need a reason. Oh, doctor, I got that. Okay, good. Give me some pills. All right. They ain't going nowhere anyway. They had no ambitions. They had no get after it. Um, So if, if they can just lean on the fact that they need this, oh, I need this and I, they ain't going nowhere. All right. So that's just my opinion. That's a generalization. My advice to you is don't deal with them if you have, oh, love bombed. If you have any sort of ambition or want have some sort of structure, which they're going to call you the weirdo. Oh, you're uptight. You have structure. Meanwhile, these people running around here, and they're the normal ones. Oh, they're getting help, though. <laughs> like, no. Leave them alone. These are ticking time bombs. Marilyn Guy, I recently met with the 33-year-old woman who then proceeded to tell me that she has six kids. Wow. Yeah, he skedaddled away from that one. Congratulations for that. And, and, and one more thing. These people will be giving you advice and telling you what to do. 
and then you find out they have and they have uh, they take antidepressant drugs. I'm gonna let you know right now, there ain't nothing you can tell me in life, <laughs> and you you can't even function without dropping tabs, bro. No, bro, I don't give a damn how smart you are. No, that's just a, that's just me. Y'all can do what y'all want, but I'm a I'm a go getter out here, and I might need therapy for that. But if you as an individual, not a professional, as an individual in your life, you need to function with pharma, you're gone. There's nothing you can tell me. And if I discover it, you I, you have no credibility. Mm. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. None. None. There, there, there's nothing. I mean, the same with recreational drugs. If you snort in lines of coke, why would I listen to you? <laughs> anyway. He says, he says at the notion that someone tried to coach the coach and then be on drugs on top of that. Like, man. No. Grease Man, Texas, Proverbs 30 and 21. This is the way of the adulterous woman. She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I've done nothing wrong. All right, the way of the Jezebel. She wipes her mouth, eats, wipes her mouth, and says, I've done nothing wrong. Super chats, nobody pop back up. All right, I got a link up there. No haters. Checkmate says a fake book post you posted in 2020, 2020 was 100. I didn't realize. Can you see it? He says, it says, if your child's father is in your child's life, but not yours, you're a single woman, not a single parent. Mm, interesting. That was in 2020. If your child's father is in your child's life, but not yours, you're a single woman, not a single parent. Shout out to you. He says you need to expound on that. It is so true. Yeah, the normies have generalized single mother. I'm a single mother. I'm a single mother. No, guys, I've, I've said this before. You're a co-parent. You're not a single mother. <laughs> okay, but the term single mother is a victim phrase if a woman uses it. Oh, I'm just a single mother. I'm I'm just trying to do and I'm trying. Most of the time she chose to be a single mother. If you volunteered for it, you don't get sympathy. You can't play the victim when you volunteer. You chose to be a single mother. So therefore, you have pushed yourself out of the victim of that one. Second, if your father, if the child's father is in the child's life, you are not a single parent. A single mother has no other parent in the child's life. They have no other. So if you were a married, an unmarried person, male or female, you just didn't get married. You're not a single parent unless the other parent is absent. That is a single parent. Otherwise, you share custody. <laughs> That's all you do. You're a co-parent, a part-time parent, or a majority, or a primary parent. But people will use the single mother as a sympathy phrase to let the sense, oh, poor you, poor thing, you princess warrior. Oh, you're doing it all alone. Well, I don't actually. The kids go back and forth between the house. You ain't no single parent. What the hell are you talking about? And that's you. If the kids go back and forth, even for a little while, that's not a single parent. Even if it's 85-15, you are not a single parent. You're sharing custody. If you're 50-50, you are not even close to being a single parent. Not even close. You are almost the direct opposite of a single parent. 
you are still a two-parent, a two-parent couple. Both parents are involved. So um, we have to get rid of the somebody says uh, also a single mother is a widow. A widower and a divorcee and a single mother are completely three different people. So in the dating marketplace, people when 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 people make these things that say um, they'll say things like. Um, um, oh, they'll say things like don't don't mess with single mothers. And then somebody says, what about if she divorced and she's older and the kids are 18? Come on, man. Like, that's not a single mother. She's divorced. The other parent is around somewhere, if just for a little bit of time, and then the kids are old. I think once the kids become 15, 16, they really, they don't need the parents on a day-to-day basis. They certainly don't need both on a day-to-day basis. The back and forth should somewhat come to an end. Let them have a little more stability in their lives instead of going back and forth and like ping pong balls at an older age. They need to be stable and have a lot of privacy, right? And you also should need to monitor their lives in ways that you're not watching over them, but you can see them. Um, and also, um, but but somebody will then say, what if she's a widower? That's clearly not a single mother. A single mother is a person who chose to be mostly primarily unwed and got knocked up outside of marriage, and the other parent is not around. That, to me, is the true definition of a single mother. <laughs> All right. A divorcee is not a single mother unless the, divor- the the father left completely or was completely just divorced great and isolated from the kids. Oh, also, a parent who commits parental alienation against another parent and thus does the other parent either abdicates custody or or um or doesn't fight for the kids that's not a single mom if the other parent used abuse to remove the other parent i don't care if it's male or female if the one parent used an abusive tactic manipulation to get the kids to be more with the one parent than the other that is not a single mother that is an abuser that person's an abuser and a mental health patient all right that person is not a single mother that's not even a single mother by choice. That's an abuser. <laughs> Here we go. That's a single mom terrorist. That's a baby mama terrorist. Okay, maybe not an abuser. Certainly clinically an abuser, but a baby mama terrorist. That's what that is. She's used terror and emotional abuse to manipulate and abuse children. Yeah. That, that might be a criminal. Because if you did it as a male, you'd be a criminal. You be prosecuted or CPS will be on your ass, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway, people don't like me, man. Y'all be like this dude. But if you think I'm wrong, debate me. Tell me I'm wrong. Show me where I'm at. Show me where I'm at. Y'all, y'all, you know, the people who hate me seem to be saying I'm be saying stuff that y'all don't like, but y'all ain't got no smoke back. That's legitimate and logical. Not all that hate and who heard and all that stuff. I'm giving it to you real and raw. A single mother is a woman who consciously chose to procreate outside of marriage and the father is not there, period. The father checked out. The the father said, I want nothing to do with that kid. That's a single mother. (laughs) Yeah, so, and by the way, that mother more than likely is going to ruin those children. 
the odds that those children come out healthy is slim to none. Slim to none and slim just died. All right. Desert Brew Crew, my wife hates the mental cases. Wait. Somebody says, uh, he says, Desert Brew Crew says, my wife hates the mental case on med, on meds women she has to work with. Keep exposing them. Okay, so I think you, the words are wrong, but it sounds like she hates the women who are on mental head meds that she has to work with. <laughs> he said, keep exposing them. Indeed. Somebody trying to pop up, but I don't see video. I got to see video. All right, I got to see video. Somebody says, no one wants to be the next to feast. Nah, they don't. Dating coaches don't want no smoke. This is why I'd say, man, I'm the king of kings. Because the reality is, if they really wanted that smoke, they could come over here and we can go at it. But I ain't going to let you just go off and think you're making a YouTube video and just go up here and give you 10 minutes to just go off. All right, I'm going to give you about seven questions where I pin your ass and twist your ass into a pretzel. So that everything you say after that is going to be nothing but hypocrisy. <laughs> I'm going to make you double talk, shuffle, and all that. I ain't going to let you get away with the bullshit. So, like, now if we're in a moderated debate, if you, in fact, you want a moderated debate, I'm going to let you talk yourself in the circles, and then, like, I let Hafiz, and then come in on the back end and tell you, your ass actually agree with me, but you just jealous. <laughs> you just jealous, right? But I, you know what I mean? Like what it is, is you're trying to get me to sabotage myself as you sabotage yourself. You're trying to get me to agree with a philosophy that is non-existent and not even successful to pander to people with, which is i.e. dating coaching. Dating coaching is is uh, essentially, um, and I'm not shitting on people's hustle. You do what you do. But if you got smoke for me, I'll tell you what dating coaches are. Okay. I might put them worse than mental therapists at this point. I mean, y'all y'all worse than them. <laughs> y'all worse than them because you're selling absolutely nothing. Look at you. Or if you're selling it, look at your results out here. You've been out here for how many years? 50, 11 years? Look at y'all's results. Look at y'all's results. <laughs> uh, anyway, how did Kanye lose custody without the with the knowledge that Chris Paul was killing it? Hey, affairs aren't a way to lose custody of kids. So there's no, you don't lose custody of kids because your wife cheated on you. Now you might, that might hurt you a little bit, but wives, wives don't, wives don't lose custody of kids because they cheated. And by the way, in California, that's not even an issue. This is why no fault divorce, you need to brush up on law. No fault divorce means there's nobody's fault. I just don't, we just don't agree. Meaning you don't need a reason to divorce. You don't need to prove affairs. You don't need to approve that. I mean, if you want to throw that in there for the custody case. To be honest, judges don't want to deal with this bullshit anymore. You know, as much as I smoke that I have for judges, judges are honestly fed up with this shit. The only reason they're doing it is because they might get a title 4D kickback. Or they might get kickback from attorneys and whatnot, paying for their birthday parties and elections and paying for all the shit their golf memberships sending them on vacations i don't know if you know that eugene morgan says just got off of work and i see you still on late happy friday shout out to the coach gang thank you brother shout out shout out to you for being here i don't know if you know attorneys and law firms be sending these judges on trips <laughs> he said judges got bills too hey it's all a hustle 
Uh, for, for the guy that called me a grifter, shit, everybody grifting. Everybody grifting. Everybody trying to uh, everybody trying to make a buck. So dating coaches trying to make a buck too. They trying to get you guys to believe that you're doing it all wrong. You know what I mean? And that's their that's their grift. And they have some sort of mystical fantasy that you don't understand. See, son, you don't understand, Sean. What it is is game. And in the 90s, we used to run that game, Sean. And it came specifically, implicitly from the pimps and the isms that used to do this in the 70s, Sean. They were super duper highly effective and selective and successful. And what they used to do is they put the hose on the track. And then what they do is they would use this game. And this game is something that you born with. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to use your fist with the game. You use your mind. You use your mouthpiece. You use your, you use your mystical manual. You use your conversation. You put, you put a little something in their ear, son, and see what they do is you get the woman dizzy and sidetracked. It, and you get them stopped being confused and abused. All right. And you get them choosing on the pimp and you get them choosing on the player and you get them choosing on the max, son. See, when you don't understand it, you're critical of it. You know what I mean? No, I'm saying, do you know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying? You critical of it because you just don't understand, son. See, in the 90s, that's what we could do. See, a woman didn't have all this reach and they couldn't reach in the DMs and all of that stuff. They had a small selection of men, too. You know what I mean? Nobody drove all over the country and all of that stuff and flew in, and nobody had Instagram and all of that stuff. All she had was a house phone with a cord connected to the wall, son. So at that point, with her limited selection, I put a little bit of something in their ear when the other dudes were scared, and then I get them to do whatever they wanted to do. And then once the panties drop and I start knocking the hoes, you know what I mean? I start having a whole rotation of girls where I spend the plates. You know, but but what happened was, see, y'all dudes are trying to say the times has changed around here. Y'all dudes are trying to say the times have changed because the girl got a little bit more reach because the girls is out here choosing because they out here. Pay, they out here negotiating with a pimp. See, I don't make deals with these three or fours out here, son, because I got that game. And so y'all out here negotiating and she out here reneging. And because that's she, she got options, but y'all don't get it, man. Y'all trying to make excuses for yourself saying she got options. So it's useless out here, but y'all just giving up. See, y'all giving up. Y'all don't want to do the work. See, you got to do the work. See, I'm out here spinning plates like crazy. You know what I mean, Sean? I'm just spinning mad plates and you don't even see them because I don't post my receipts. You know what I'm saying? I don't kiss and tell. I didn't kiss and tell. So I could post my receipts, but I don't kiss and tell. You know? I don't kiss and tell. So I really preserve and uh, observe and reobserve and re-reserve and whatever of rhymes with reserve. I really do this so I can protect the women that I'm with. See, a real pimp, a real player, a real Mac, a real ism really don't go out there and do this, son. So don't think because the woman has all kind of options that the game is over, man. The game ain't rigged. What you need to do is take advantage of them and hit them over the head with that player. You hit them with that over the head with that player and they got it. See, you tricking on a woman. I would never put money in a woman's hands because a true player would never do that. I don't never let the woman keep a, a, a chick of mine and never keep a dime. You got to keep them broken, lonely, and desperate and destitute. You got to keep their mind and their mental imprisoned by the entrapments of the ism and the playerism that is CGA. You know what I mean? That's what I teach you to do. And what I'm going to teach you to do is use your mouthpiece and run words together and word salads together and hit them over the head. And they ain't going to know what to do but to drop the panties. They ain't going to do nothing but when they when you bring home the money and they bring home the money to you and you toot that horn, and they come running around the corner and they put all the cash in your pocket and they put their direct deposit in your bank account, that's that player. 
And so I'm a true master of the game. You know what I mean? Not like them brothers, man, that iceberg slim and y'all reading books and watching movies, American Pimp and all that stuff. This the realism. This the real player. This the real Mac. And see that boy CGA, he don't know what he's talking about because he ain't got no mouthpiece. He can't put two words together. He's scared of women. He dating overweight mastodons and all of that stuff. He ain't got no he ain't got no receipts. He he a MGTOW. He didn't go on his own way. He done gave up his life. He don't know about the player. He old, he young, he dumb, he don't know where to come. He don't know what to do out here, but he's so crazy. And I'm so magnificent, magnanim, magnanimous, magtagamous. <laughs> <laughs> And I'll be sitting there like. <laughs> so all they want to do is just over talk your ass and rhyme and call all this stuff and be passionate and be charismatic. And yeah, man, I'm going to teach you this and I'm going to teach you that. I'm fantabulous, magnanimous, magtagulous, fantabulous, spectacular, magnanimous, the G. CGA, I got the mouthpiece from all mouthpieces. I got the flash and dash. I got the bling and the bling, and I got the sing and the sing. You don't even know what to do around here because if you do what to do around here, you will be choosing on a pimp like me. You'll be choosing on a player like your man CGA because I got that mouthpiece, baby. You don't even know what to do. By the time I say, hey, when I ask you a question, you go ahead and open your mouth when I ask you a question. Ain't CGA man tagging Hey, stop right there. I already knew what you was going to say before you said it. Keep your mouth closed when you choosing on a player like me. I know what to do, and I know what's in your head. See, you ain't got no instruction. You headed for self-destruction around here, and if you was choosing on the CGA like you supposed to be choosing on me, you wouldn't even have to open a word, open your mouth when I ask you a question. You know what I'm saying? You just nod your head at a pimp when I ask you something. You understand what I'm saying? You ask me for permission to speak when I speak to you. You know what I'm talking about? I don't care what's in your Instagram DM. I don't care who's in there. <laughs> I'm going to spin plates on you and I'm going to be playing you like a true magnificent player, like a player from the 1970s, like the Ohio player with the girl dripping honey all over the titties. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, if you ain't paying a pimp, you don't know what you're doing around here. Drop your direct deposit in my account. I'm spitting that game and the real game is over here. I got so much game. I need a referee following me around. Oops, penalty for ass interference. That's on you, baby. Yes, indeed. Come choose on me. <laughs> anyway anyway shout out to ice cube i did steal a line from them and a line from hustle and flow and a line from american pimp let me see here but yeah all of that stuff that means nothing to me i could go up to women and do that shit all day long and then get one get one fat you know baloney pony one fat insecure woman to get on there i'm with you i chose on you cga i chose you you my man <laughs> you my man i like your flash and dash i like your thunder and lightning you got it baby i want you i want you to be my player i want you to be my i want to be your hoe i want to be your hoe cga <laughs> that's what they think that's gonna happen you know what i mean and by the end of it you're gonna see the little big old nasty straggle daggle booger that you got you're gonna see the girl you got all right after you don't waste your time running in these girls ear all right, let me see here. Somebody says attorneys do charge $1,500 extra and state no reason, but it is the judge, but it is for the judge's pockets. Deal has been cut. Been seen that. God dang. Dang. All right, man, that's cold. Shout out to Dwayne Hicks, coach. How do you tap into the Radio Raheem personality? <laughs> All right, I don't know, Sean. 
right? Speaking my mind says, he says, hit him with the butters from South Park. Do you know what I am saying? All right, look here. Yeah, court fees, judges fees, judges going to vacation to Cancun, paid by you, <laughs> paid by you. Wow. Hey, man. All professions have unscrupulous people in them in the legal, the, the family law court. And I always warn you, even don't go to court, man. Try not to go to court. I think women depend on court. What they want to do is punish you and, and come out and tell everybody, look, the judge told this person he's reprehensible. It often almost never comes out like that, but that's what they think in their mind. And so that's why they use the courts. But the courts know this. So the women are their daddies. That's how they get paid. That's how they get paid mostly, even in the civil courts. I would say 60% of civil, I don't know. You can prove this. I don't know. I know family law court, 80% of the shit going on in there, women initiate. Um, in the civil court, probably 60-40. Most of it, uh, women, are they, they do things like uh, frivolously sue people. Like they'll 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 go to they'll go to uh, Dunkin Donuts and they'll spill coffee on themselves intentionally. Sue, they'll have 50, 11 lawsuits going on. There's professional lawsuit people. There's professional sewers, and they'll go in there. They'll slip in Starbucks, sue Starbucks. This is how they make income. They'll go in a grocery store, see the uh, see that the person mopped the floor and didn't put up the sign. They'll slip on the floor. There's people that get in car accidents all the time, uh, fall out. So I would say what the civil cases, there could be like 60, 40. It's crazy. It's sad. It's sad, but people people do this all the time. <laughs> it's sad. Uh, anyway, yo, I think we're done here. Uh, somebody said, do, uh, how do I tap into the Radio Raheem show? And I don't know. I actually had a friend who was from New York. He moved to California, and he was like, yo, Sean. He was one of them. Uh, his name is Chris. I wonder what he's doing. He transferred in from New York and he was like, this was the Wu-Tang Clan era. This was right before Wu-Tang or right when Wu-Tang was getting hot, right when Puff, and he was like, you know what I'm saying? Word him up, Sean. And I listened to a lot of East Coast rap. You know, it's your boy Devin Air here. You know what I'm saying? Behind the belly of the beast, word is bond. And so we on here. You know what I mean? We got the nominated gators in here or we got the below 40 degree Timberland boots around here. Buckshot shorties on the track. Word them up. Word them up. You listen to Rakim. Rakim said that word to the God of the earth. You know what I mean? And you studying your mathematics. Why do rappers? Rappers always go into that. They go into that jazz. They super educated. But as soon as the microphone in front of their face, you know what I'm saying? Hey, yeah, you know, and I just, it's just one of those things. It's just one of those things. Even Ashanti would do it. Even Ashanti the R&B artists would go into that, you know, she had a phrase I can't remember. You know, uh, word is being and word is up and, you know, they would go into that rhythmic talk. It was a rhythmic talk that was a comfortable, cool dude back in the day. You know <laughs> what it mean around here, what it do. What it do around here? What it do in the shoe? And the cat in the hat around here? You know, I'm just a cool cat around the boulevard. <laughs> word up. Word up. I'm like, that's all I act. It's all I act, but listen, it's, that's neither here or there. 
Word to the zoo, the Brooklyn zoo. I'm in here with the struggle around here. You know, I take an ice pick, I put it in there, and I warm it up, and then I'll show your mouth. I'll show your mouth closed. You know what I mean? I'll keep feeding you and feeding you and feeding you. Sean Word is born, and then I show your lips together. You know what I'm saying? And then I take the ice picks and I shove it up your all slow and all of that. Word is up. You know what I mean? It's like. <laughs> And feeding you, Sean, and feeding you, and feeding you. Shout out to the real MCs, you know what I mean? Not promoting that drive-by shooting around there, you know what I'm saying? The real hip-hop. I kick it for the real hip-hop. Word to the bean, word is mom, word is born around here. And then somebody white will make fun of them, and then they be all offended. I don't talk like that. <laughs> you're like, it actually, you're talking... You know, how do you, they're supposed to interpret that? They don't meet real people in life that talk like that, son. I really talk like this. I really, really talks like this, son. And I got a college degree, so I don't appreciate you, word is born, coming to me like I'm ignorant around here, son. But we speak the done language around here, word up. You know, it's the shook ones. You're just a crook, son. You're just a shook one. <laughs> anyway, no. Hey, shout out to y'all, man. Anyway, I love all those brothers too. I love all those brothers. Just, I'm. Just, oh, wait a minute. Do we have somebody in the background? Oh, we do. All right. Uh, don't don't put your Johnson up. We do got a brother here. Hold up. Why can't I see you? I'm having trouble with the struggle streamer, Sean. Yo, Sean, where you at, Sean? Yo. You've been studying your mathematics, Sean? What we doing here, man? Yo, where you at? Because ain't no such thing as halfway crook, crooks. Scared to death. They scared to look. They shook. They ain't a crook, Sean. You just a shook one. <laughs> All right. I can't see you. Can you wave your hand? Wave your hands. Oh, by the way, if you go back, if you go back since we're doing this, if you go back 10 years prior to that, brothers didn't talk like that. Yeah, he popped off. Brothers didn't talk like that. They didn't talk like that. So that's a new verbiage. What they would talk about is they would talk about the cool dude who would do the cool laugh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They used to call me Macaroni Tony right here. You know, because I would be out here and I would be riding in that Cadillac Supreme. All right. And I would be taking the wheel and I'd be gliding and the brother would be a brother would be sliding and pipping. <laughs> You know how I do around here. A brother is too cool. I used to take the steering wheel and I used to turn it with one finger like that. Boy, I had that damn uh, power steering so cool. I would take it around like this. <laughs> a brother just too cool around here. You know, that's what a player doing. It was a completely different thing. Laughing all out. <laughs> Stopping this foot. <laughs> with the old suit on boy i see you around here boy i know you don't come around here you don't know what to do around here because we pimps we ain't got no hoes but we be out here <laughs> sniggling cool laughing ass <laughs> slapping they eat slapping they neek <laughs> anyway or the hip the hot 
the hibbity, the hibbity, hip hop, the stop, and we rock the party. MC Shan in the house, and we come out here, and we do this, and we do the loo, and we do the bugaloo, and we do the do, and we take it over here, and we take it over there. You wave your hands, and you wave the hands, you wave your hand like you just don't care, and we do it the hop. The ribby to the ribby, the hip hop, you don't stop the rock, you smoke the rock, and you do it to the top. You boogaloo to do and boogaloo to do. <laughs> and you take the boogaloo and you fold your hand and you wave your hands and you pull in your pocket. You pull in your pocket and you take the lint and you flip it in your socket and you pip it to a pocket. <laughs> you be like, they just make up shit. They ain't even trying to literally make a story. <laughs> and then it switched up to <laughs> then it switched up to rhyming everything with trigger so we running down the street and we went to the store and the nigga hit the trigger and the igger igger and I figured you hit the nigga nigga and the trigger and the nigga <laughs> <laughs> so you take everything and you rhyme it with figure Figure the nigga, 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 and the trigger, the ticker, the ticker, ticker, ticker over nigga. And I took the thing and I ran to the store and I hit a trigger and I figure ticker. <laughs> and then I blam, 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 and I said my name, my name, I'ma spell it with the name of the game. It's the S to the N to the O to the O to the P to the Q to the R to the S T U the V. The two to the park and the two to the ribbity ribbity the hibbity diggity 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 diggity. The diggity the figgity the yeah. So that's where it went to. You just basically rhymed everything and you spelled your name out to you elongate the song. <laughs> now it's just the I'm flipping it. I'll be flipping and dipping and tripping and dripping and dipping and tripping and dipping it. All right. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So anyway. So yeah. And I squeezed the trigger and I had them laying there trying to figure why you want to run up and run up on a Nick. <laughs> and I drank all the liquor. I drank all the liquor and I went over hitter. And he went to me, so I grabbed the trigger. And he had to figure why he played a nigga. And why he played the figure. And why he took my liquor. And why he did. <laughs> Yo, man. Anyway, that's basically where it went. I should do an old school rap album. And I know we just tripping on Friday night. But that's where it went. One. Two, somebody says stream over. Yeah, stream over. Look, did we get all the PayPal's? Did we get everybody? All right, stream is over. We just rapping. I could come up with some bars, man. Basically, I'm going to write the, the how, you, how to become a rapper. All right, let me check. All right, PayPal is done. Venmo is done. Venmo is done. And then Cash App is done. All right, man. Shout out to everybody. Hope you have a good week. We'll be, be, be we'll be back Sunday with the morning coachgregadams.locals.com. And then uh we'll also be back with uh the money mindset group on Sunday evening. Appreciate y'all. Shout out to the couch gang. Enjoy your weekend and thank you for the contributions. We out of here. Peace. Who has made you cry the most? Who has the nicest body? Who is the funniest?
<laughs> Who does your mom like the most? Who has cheated on you? <laughs> Who was the biggest liar? <laughs> Who was the best kisser? <laughs> Who do you think loved you the most? 